New Kubi. Hello, and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday, the 28th of July, 2019. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Narrowly evading the hottest day ever. <laughs> and Robert Kemp. Yeah, it's actually quite nice. It's quite yeah, nice today. It, like, it was insanely hot, and then it just went, whoop, and then that was it. It was like, it, oh, good. Thank it God. It dropped like 10 degrees between days. I, yeah. I swear. It was like 27 on Friday, but I'm pretty sure it was 37 at least on Thursday. I, yeah. I, I probably would have postponed the cast if it was that hot. Like, yep. I mean, no, no, one, no one wants to be around me when it's that when it's that hot. It's like, not only do I, well, A, stink, uh, <laughs> just the sweaty mess that I am most of the time. And also, well, it, I'm, I'm, I get grumpy and mean. Yep. I was surprised by how totally fine it was. I had air-conditioned office, so I was okay. But, like, going oh, yeah, outside, I was, work, I was like, was great. I'm going to boil or something. But it's like, no, it's like being on holiday. <laughs> it's just not like Britain. It's totally fine. Like it's not no it's not no British Death Valley. Heat, <laughs> see, I don't agree with that. I think I think British heat is like it, there's a there's a humidity to it and a, and a mugginess. Yeah, to it that but you was there on Thursday though? Was it? Yes, was it muggy. <laughs> Just, well, because, it wasn't humid. You, well, well, yeah, it got it got humid after that. In fairness, like not, so Friday not really was though. No, it was, high, like actually on the on the on the uh, weather scale humidity on friday was in the 90 percentages well, like less than 50 on thursday though. the what 90 before the actual rain percentile percentile <laughs> percentile it was just insanely hot then we had a nice thunderstorm and then that was it then we were done with that <laughs> i looked on the um uh rain radar picture or whatever on my app and like all of the the, the the awesome thunderstorm missed me it, the, because everything, all the uh, wind is going north, south to north, like oh, it was at the time. That must be where all the heat is coming from, like the Sahara or whatever, directly up, yeah, or it must have been where it usually is. Yeah. Mm. So so the rain sort of went instead of passing over London and going east to you guys or or a bit north, it went straight up and uh, sort of missed me. Yeah, um, it, like skimmed the edge of London. Yeah. Over the estuary, and then just came off into the sticky out bit of stuff. Where we yeah, are. <laughs> I went sploosh. Yeah, that I saw the video that um, your brother posted, Rob, um, on uh, it's Facebook. Quality, isn't it? Quality it was amazing. Really, yeah. really good um, video. It's amazing. Uh, lightning ordered off a Samsung S10, <laughs> forking across the sky. It was so cool. That's the best kind of lightning because there's very little risk that it's going to take out the power grid and reflect your computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when it's all in the sky, it's like, oh, well, you just appreciate it and not well, be like, I did, I did shit, see... now I have to go and turn off all my electronics because yeah. they might just I, die. I did see a couple of ground strikes, <laughs> like or bolts that looked like they were heading groundwards. Well, I only yeah. could see, like, it was mostly on the horizon from where I was. So, like, sometimes they did look like they were going down, but that might just yeah. have been sort of like over the horizon yeah, because they true. were coming like they, they were going a very long way yeah they, they were stuck behind a tree somewhere and it's like oh, i can't quite see if that hit but then what would, what would it actually do like just sparks and smoke or <laughs> you're likely to see the actual striking part yeah. i definitely always like when i hear thunder my often my first thought is is my computer on <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's not as much anymore, but that used to be the main thing. <laughs> like, no, because my mind's off. Like, pretty much all the time, I'm not at home now. So, it's, yeah, so you're cool. I've got out of that habit. And I feel yeah. like, in general, this may be like based on completely nothing, but I feel like in general, 
there's been less cases where a thunderstorm has taken out my power recently. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe the, maybe the power grid is just better. Maybe maybe my house specifically is better. I, I definitely think that that feels truer now than it used to. Like almost every storm would take something out, right? Or even around Needham, yeah, it used to, yeah, for sure. Whereas I, I don't think I've seen that for a long time. I think we had a random power cut, but but it wasn't storm related. It was like a sunny ass day. I think heat related. <laughs> yeah, heat related. It just melted the power lines. Can't run trains today because the lines are hot. That's the that's going to be a problem for the future with climate change. Uh, where where are all rails. of our railways are designed to work up yeah. to about 40 degrees C and then, the, then they get too bendy because they haven't left enough expansion space. You're going to have to rebuild the entire network. Just, yeah, we just have to build it more. Every new every new line we put down, we should, like... I mean, it happens frequently enough now. Like, like almost every year, there's at least one day where it's like, we can't run the trains. It's like, well, next time yeah. you replace the line... Well, there's a problem you can solve i suppose theoretically that's not actually a solvable problem because yeah. it's a it's a temperature range yeah, but don't, problem. Don't, don't like hotter countries like have a solution to this they, or... so well, apparently yeah, they com- stress their rails to a hotter mean yeah. temperature or whatever hotter so... countries are hotter averagely they don't have a low like we have a yeah. low low and a high high so the range is wider so you have yeah. to leave a bigger gap but isn't somewhere like new york much worse like don't don't doesn't, yeah, don't they a have a, just a generally bigger range than we do? they don't have as much railway though <laughs> and doesn't quite a lot of japan have a way bigger range than we do as well if anyone's got it sorted out i'm sure the japanese have yeah mm. well they just don't they just float the trains don't they? <laughs> <laughs> just take those wrong. trades yeah, it's a good question about New York. I think there is a lot of, I mean, there's certainly a lot of tube track, isn't there? Not tube. I mean, I would assume track. that you could solve quite a lot of the problem by like changing the alloy of the track some, some slightly. Like mm. if you can change the material marginally enough to make the expansion different yeah, without yeah. messing with the like you know, oh, wear or whatever. Also, apparently, like um, it's better if you use like concrete sleepers or or and. Right, which, which we, we don't because it's too expensive. Because <laughs> it's more expensive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they weren't running out of uh, um, black fries on the Thursday the evening. So luckily, I went uh, and hang out with my brother instead. So somewhere with aircon. Well, that was the plan anyway. Noise. I had to fix my fan. Oh, I didn't really. It was a the classic situation of my fan had been out for. Well, I, I guess it hadn't necessarily been out-out. I'd had it for several, <laughs> several years. And I was like, you take it out, you put it up, and you turn it on. It's like, yeah, that's that's a fan. But then after I eventually realized, I was like, this doesn't seem to be working as good. And I was like, maybe, I, I mean, it, it's old, so maybe that's just it getting old. But then I was like, well, also, this is a fan that's just like a wire cage around basically an exposed electric motor, essentially. Yeah, it's a very it's a very basic ass construction of fan. So I was like, well, is, maybe... it, is it like a tower fan? Is it like no? It's just like a, a literal... an old flower yeah. style, right? So I was just like, well, let me just take take it apart, wipe all the dust out of the middle, and then oil it, and then put it back together. And I was like, holy shit! Now it works again, so much better. <laughs> nice. ah, needed a little. Although bit it did then attention. make my room smell of oil for like a day and a half. <laughs> Because it was it's actively hot. blasting, <laughs> yeah, yeah, heated oil smell around. Yeah, you did have like a grey tower fan at one point, didn't you? Yes, we did. 
Yeah. Did that die death or? Yes. I do think you're very sad about it. (laughs) Sauron is is probably the. See, I'm not so sure. I, I think Sar- Sauron I might. Um, you might actually have gotten better performance out of a damn flower fan. Well, I mean, well, <laughs> the whole it, point it, of the design of it is it's meant to suck more air through. But it's just like, well, yeah, but then you need to give it space yeah. behind it in order to be its yeah, most effective. Do, yeah. Works in certain situations better than others. Yeah. And probably even like air pressure probably affects how good it works. I mean, the remote controlliness is nice because it means that, you know both Gnome and I can control it without getting up. <laughs> that's what Rob is all about nowadays. Pretty much. Oh, we'll yeah. Control everything with, in your house without leaving the bed. Yep. <laughs> this, is, the, this is as good as it gets. With the voice controller, with your with an app, or is it with both? <laughs> Either uh, and a remote controller that it comes with. Ah. All the remote options. Fully remote. Fully remote. Huh. No, yeah. no decent integration with other services though. Dyson just haven't got it right. <laughs> And apparently don't buy two, because then the voice control gets really clunky. Oh, no. Because at the moment, all I have to do is say, ask Dyson to do a thing, which isn't exactly particularly smooth. But, hey, it works. But the fact if you have two, it's like you then have to start identifying them by name. Otherwise, it won't. Or, or it will do it in steps, like say, oh, ask this thing to do the thing. And it will ask you, well, which one? And now do the thing. And they'll go, oh, I might, I might do the thing. <laughs> Can yeah. you name them what you like, or does it have to be like Dyson One? Or well, I have actually Dyson. named our one Stat Sauron. So, all right, Sauron, yeah. <laughs> ask Sauron to turn on. But no, I have to ask Dyson to ask Sauron to turn on. Oh, okay. Or ask Dyson to turn Sauron on, which is Sauron <laughs> on. A, lo- a, lo- a lovely phrase. Sauron on, and that does actually work. But then I guess I've only got one device. So if I ask Dyson Same. to turn anything on, it will work. It'll work. Yeah. You, uh, yeah, we've talked about this before, but come on, um, voice control. <laughs> you, you can make it more natural, I'm sure. I don't think they support Google either. I think they only support Alexa. So that's that. <laughs> Is Alexa like quite ahead in terms of integrations? It seems to be. I believe so. I believe Alexa supports what far more um, different manufacturers, but usually the a, a Google integration will be a bit more maybe natural language you know that kind of stuff so it depends what you're after and also alexa is way more hackable so if you want mm. to add stuff to it or do or do things with it there's like skills and customizations and things you can tap into to do all kinds of stuff there's a lot more options yeah so prime day happened <sighs> it did i mean seems like a good excuse to buy home automation stuff doesn't it Oh, yes, it did, because mm-hmm. all the window sensors I were after were cheap. Um, <laughs> so I've now uh, got... A, so what, a, what are they? I've got a load of uh, window contact sensors now. Like in, Oh, um, so you down, can tell downstairs. if you left the windows open. Absolutely. Oh, cool. I didn't know they made those. Yeah, okay. well, I, I, they, you can, but I got them through smart things. There's quite a few... There's quite a few of them out there, but you need a smart hub of some kind that will communicate with like Z-Wave or Zigbee or something like that. I see. Um, the smart thing sensors are pretty nice because they've got a, they fit, they not only do they fit our windows quite nice because they have quite a large magnetic range. So our windows are a little bit off, like the, the, the frame, I suppose, is quite 3D. And so the sensors aren't perfectly lined up um, where they have to attach. 
but okay. that, there's just enough of a magnetic field so they so they mark as closed the way I've got it rigged up. And the moment it moves, they then tag as open. So it's 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 they are they are perfect for the job, which is which is nice. Um, but yeah, they they all communicate over Zigbee, so I had to get Smart Things Hub as well, so, so they all can they all can talk to each other. And uh, and I'm going to do some customizations and get hold of some tools so I can basically just ask Alexa to tell me if the windows are open, and it will say yes. Mm. You idiot, go shut them. So I'm going to work on that next. Like, because I could do it for all through the app, but it's like it would be nice to have a voice command. But yeah, you need to do a bit of work to get that to. Can you get it to tell you if you've left the house and and your windows are open, like a geofence thing? That would be cool. Theoretically, yeah, it should be possible. Or could you? Yeah, it's one of those things where you have to chain lots of things together. So I could use a if this then that to mm. trigger a. <laughs> Uh, a virtual switch on the smart things hub and that virtual switch would then run the check to see if the, the, the custom code to check that the window all the windows are open and then the result of that could send a notification to my phone so it could, it could be done <laughs> that sounds fairly reasonable yeah hmm. cool but yeah Pro- just, prime I haven't day had, success I haven't, had, I haven't had as much time as i would like to toy with that yet but it's uh, yeah. i've got a load of them rigged up I might have to get some more because I want to put what I've got one spare at the moment, but because I haven't done all the windows downstairs yet, there's one of the kitchen windows that we never opened that I've not uh, put put a, put a tag on yet, and all the back door. Sorry, uh, thieves. There you go. You can get in that way. Um, <laughs> and then... Anyone listening to the Salacast, <laughs> over to Rob's HQ. Uh, and also. Uh, well, I might put one on the fridge because Noma's a tendency of le- le- letting the fridge open. <laughs> I don't know, just like not closing it quite right so it opens itself. Oh, of course. You could use it for anything, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's just a contact sensor. Do the fridge not stop beeping? No. It's too old for that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's budget. Did it used to. It's a... No, okay. it never did. <laughs> okay. To be honest, I'm not sure. Fri- that's more common on freezers than fridges. The beep. Uh, no, I don't know. No, it does it on neither. But conveniently, it's one of those ones where the two doors are over each other. So I could put, in theory, put the contact sensor like on half on one door. door oh yeah, and then you could the tell door, if either, and of then the either door open. will trigger it. Yeah, <laughs> but if they're cute. both over, you're fine. Well, or, and, and the they other... line up perfectly as well. Yeah. Well, and the other problem is is that the magnetism on the sensors might actually be too strong for that. So like uh. a small, a a a small uh, gap might not actually work well enough. And what about the door? What about the magnets in the door? That could interfere with the field. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Positioning would be important. Hmm. Where are the magnets in the door? Do they, is that what holds it? Close. All the way around that rubbery yeah. strip on fridge doors. It's just full of the magnets. magnets yeah. Not um, very strong magnets, though. I guess. <laughs> so why why are the entire surface of fridges magnetic? So you can stick things to them. I mean, is that, is that the only reason? And also, fridges used to be made of metal at some point in the past. I guess. <laughs> oh, I so see. So they probably wanted to retain that feature. Right. So people were sad when they started becoming more, what, with plastic? plastic? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe there's some amount of theoretical reason for it that's beyond that. But as far as I know, that's it's just because people like to stick things to fridges with yeah. magnets and that yeah. became a thing and then it continued to want to be a thing. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. So now if you don't stick things to your fridge, then 
it needn't be that material at all. No, <laughs> but it I is. I guess not. And I appreciate that it is. I mean, I'm pretty sure that I, I think one of our fridges wasn't magnetic on the actual front of the door. It was oh, really? still magnetic on the side, so you had to put the stuff on the side where it stuck out far enough that you could see the side, hmm. <laughs> but not actually on the front of the door. Interesting. I don't know if I've ever found a fridge that's not magnetic myself. Not that I go around curries, just trying to <laughs> try yeah. You could do, though. You could, yeah, quite easily. <laughs> take take <laughs> a magnet <laughs> with you when you go fridge shopping, just to make sure. If you want to stick stuff to it, you better make sure it's magnetic. The Happy Salad Fridge Magnet Review. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a good website. One of those, like, yes-no websites, except it would have to be slightly more complicated. Yeah, does it stick? <laughs> does this magnet stick to this type of fridge? Yes or no? <laughs> Was that a bit of sort of fifties uh, Willet Glen type, type? Yeah, it was Willet Glen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Willet Stick. Or <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm assuming they nicked it from somewhere. I'm not sure Willet Glen. Well, the it's whole probably just of... generic like yeah. royalty free music. Yeah, but hopefully, it probably well, it is, could yeah. be like The Price Is Right or something. Like <laughs> it's kind of similar. To yeah. One of those game show songs. Price Is Right. Well, this is perilously close to kitchen bitching. I don't know. Oh, I, I, my, my fridge is <laughs> That's still... That's a good bit of bitching. My fridge is... There's still a big empty fridge in my kitchen. I, there's no way to get it out, I don't think, so maybe it just remains there forever. This is pretty funny. Yeah. Hire a giant crane. Yeah. To go over your house. It completely. needs a crane, yeah. Yeah, completely over the house. Yeah, they need a full-on like crane in the in the road that like we can reach over the roof of this like three-story house. How difficult would it be to just cut a hatch in the in the ceiling? In the ceiling, more difficult than getting a crane. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I actually don't know. I don't think there's a way to get it out, but I think it could be hidden in the garden somewhere. <laughs> I reckon you take a hammer to it. I'm yeah, sure you wouldn't want to hit certain parts of a fridge. Yeah, it's probably got some weird uh, coolant. Some bad chemicals in there. What, what the, what's it called? The refrigerant. Yeah, I mean um, it's not as bad any longer. It's not fucking fluorine, <laughs> but it's probably, it's probably not great. Not very good for you, is it? Yeah, or to get out into any kind of environment, let alone one you live in. I mean, I guess you could find. You buy a hammer. You buy a gas mask. You go to town. <laughs> then, well, then what do you do? Get it out of the house. Yeah, you can take a piece by piece. I mean, you theoretically could disassemble it over a long period of time. That would probably take many hours of precise disassembly if you were to make not a mess and not contaminate everything else in the place. I didn't, I didn't say I wouldn't make a mess. Yes. We, I mean, we could drag it out to the garden patio, but like, I reckon it would be harder to pull apart than, than you think. Probably need a crowbar rather than Yeah, a, um, I mean, I assume hammer. that... I'm trying to imagine how fridges are made, but I assume that probably most of the panelling is actually just one, one big pieces. Yeah. Like the individual doors, you can get them off, but I imagine yeah. like the sides of the box of the main refrigerator yeah. are probably just full sheets A of box. metal, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. Pretty much, yeah. Well, there might not be, and it just could just be the nice coating over the magnetic bits. <laughs> Yeah, but there's still some structural part of it. Yeah, the shiny, the shiny surface would be a single piece. But... 
but then maybe the rest of it has to be single pieces for structural integrity reasons. Struts. Put struts. Struts in your fridge. <laughs> Pro struts. I drink so little tea because I never have milk, but my tea bags are going off, I realised. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, they're fine, but like I just noticed, I was like, oh, I wonder what the sell- the uh, best before date for these is. Oh, July 2019. <laughs> That's now. <laughs> yeah. I had better down those. Yeah. Nah, I'm gonna have <laughs> in to my mouth because I've got way too many. I'm gonna suck on a tea bag. Just do yeah. double bags every cup. Double bags. Will that help? Oh, just to just to get rid of them quicker. Yeah, yeah. Have you got a really big cup? Uh, no, I haven't like got a, like, like a, a sports direct mug. <laughs> I mean, I big. think yeah, I've got that's the mugs that I use. Those big big ass sports direct ones because they're really? everywhere for some reason. Really, they're like double size or something. Yeah. Is that those so that the ones you I use. Don't have to make so many cups of tea because you just make a no, big one. No, it's because I just like a, just, just like a lot of tea. You, do, you yeah. use the bigger mugs that we have, in fairness. Yeah. And your big mugs are tiny. But they're bigger. Bigger than the rest of your mugs, yes. Yeah. Well, the rest of our mugs are regular mug size. <laughs> no, well, I mean, most of them are. Yeah. There's a couple of little ones. Yeah, there's quite there's, a few. There's a couple that are more cup size yes. than mug size. I mean, I theoretically probably could get away with using two bags in one of those mugs. One of those sports direct mugs because they are quite massive. But considering how much milk I already put in my tea, it's just like it's not, not like I don't already dilute the tea flavor quite a lot. Mm. How much milk do you put in? Is it like half a cup? Half a <laughs> cup of quite that much. milk. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the other trick with. That whole situation, which I'm sure we've mentioned before, is that like if you do it right in that kind of big ass mug with lots of milk, you, you could essentially get away with completely forgetting about, about that tea and letting it brew forever, and it doesn't change the flavor at all at a certain point. <laughs> which is great. You forget that you've accidentally left the tea brewing, and then it's like half an hour later, and you're like, oh yeah, there's that tea. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. it's only lukewarm now, but it's still totally drinkable. <laughs> It's it's a funny thing brewing tea because like I don't know I never like time it I always no. go oh, I'll just leave it for a second and then so the, it varies heavily like on I definitely forget a lot of things I will time or but I sort of look at my watch and go hmm I need to wait there's a five minute period here but I don't want it to brew for five minutes so like I'll wait until it's like coming towards the next tick of the thing <laughs> i just use my color that's the easy way to <laughs> yeah just stir the tea bag around then and lift the tea bag out and then look, look well you only do it like once you need one of those mugs that has like the color chart on the inside so you can be like i want my tea like that like the yeah, secret but... ta- the secret tactic to brew leaving stuff to brew for an extremely long time and forgetting about it is if you put if you have a spoon in your mug and you rest the spoon on top of the tea bag so it's fully submerged. That like prevents it from overbrewing so much. Like I'm well, not I sure you're just, slowing down. It's like some yogurt. kind of convection or something to do with the surface of the liquid and the interface with the air that stirs it around better when oh, the tea bags are well, floating. I thought you'd just be cutting down on surface area and just slowing down the infusion. Like, well, I'm sure like it not moving around properly is more of an aspect. But yeah, if you keep the tea bag submerged, that's the way to make a super long brew. 
where you can come back to that after ages and it still be totally fine and you just stir it and it's like it instantly infuses the whole rest of the mug and you're like that's good so you're like um so the the bottom of the spoon is you know resting on top of the tea bag and 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 keeping it under the surface is that right yeah just just like pin it to the bottom of the mug Oh, to the bottom of the mug. Okay, yeah. so not like on the top of the of the mug, but actually pin it all the way down under underneath. Okay, mm. technique, <laughs> unnecessary technique. Gnome tends to make tea very quickly, and is yeah. surprised by the fact that mine tastes better because I I don't drink tea, but I leave it a little bit longer than she does. Yeah, you have to leave goes, it. Yeah, you make bit. really nice cups of tea, and it's like I, I, all I do is leave it for like an extra. <laughs> 30 seconds to a minute while I make myself a coffee. So like when I'm when I'm required to make tea quickly, the only way to get it close to as good is you have to Squash continuously it. stir it. Just yeah. be there doing it until it gets to a colour that you're is that is acceptable and that's as fast as you can possibly do it. But I, you're you're no, judging I, I, I the colour. Uh, are you um, putting the milk in first? No. Yes. Oh, you are. Okay. Because I can't first. Yes. I, I'm I can't... not. I, I make mine the other way around. Yeah, I make mine the other way, but then that kind of precludes the whole color thing because yeah, then the it milk just looks changes like the color. Black. Yeah, Brown. so I can't really tell by but color. But you can't really but... judge the infusion by color, no. But I can adjust the color by by, by the amount of milk. Yeah, <laughs> the recipe, yes. what I do. That that tells me I've got the right amount of milk in there, but it doesn't tell me anything about the whether it's brewed enough. I mean, it doesn't really. If your tea hasn't hasn't just created enough color then the amount of milk is it's just going to be white <laughs> it's just yeah be that's white, true well that's definitely wrong <laughs> the only trouble that's just milk and, and this water ha- this happens very rarely the, 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 the only trouble with putting milk in first is there have been occasional times where i've made a tea and then not actually put a tea bag in at any point but can't see that because <laughs> because the milk obscures the fact that there's no tea bag in there and then when i stir it and it just stays white i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> Nice. This is just hot milk water <laughs> thing. That tastes like hot wa- hot water milk. It's just like weak milk. Well, and then you just put a tea bag in that in it at that point and just hope that it will carry on. Enough. It is a strange thing, isn't it? Putting milk in a watery drink. <laughs> Putting just... milk in anything. Drinking milk full stop is, is basically yeah. strange. For yeah, a start. Okay. So yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I think so. Level. Yeah, I don't put very much. I do think it's a bit weird. I mean, I do it, like, but it's still, it's it still like, strikes me as just a bit odd. It's like, not that weird when you consider that just like just straight hot milk is a thing that people drink. Sure, but you don't really like other than other than tea and coffee and maybe hot chocolate. You don't really like. You don't ever just get milk and dilute it <laughs> a bit and just go. Oh, I, don't, I like milk, but I'd quite like it to be runnier. And well, less flavour. Technically, the majority of milk that you drink is already diluted. Uh, well, I guess, yeah. But dilute it more, I suppose. They've already taken away half the fat. <laughs> At least. What if you get full fat milk? Yeah, well, yeah, that's not the case where it isn't. But if you've ever made tea with full fat milk, you know what that's like. Significantly more <laughs> taste from the milk. Yeah, I don't, I don't suppose I've tried that actually. Don't like that. Tea. You're practically drinking cream. Mm. Good stuff. Was there a time when there was no semi-skimmed like? Oh, sure. Do you know what I mean? Like I mean, all milk. Quite was... a long time ago, there was a time when that was a thing. 
I mean, when they invented like actual pasteurization and all that stuff, like I think it was probably just go straight to full fat at that point. I think there was probably not that long between pasteurization being an industrial process and other other types of milk happening. Right. (laughs) About then, it's quite unusual that I don't know. Trying to think of things where the the sort of more arguably more diet option is definitely the norm. Yeah, semi semi skimmed is is the norm, isn't it? Right, that's why everyone thinks yeah. of milk generally. Generally, I would say there's very few skimmed milks that I've ever deemed acceptable because hmm. they they pretty much are, I guess, what we've been talking about. They are just milk, <laughs> milk and water. Yeah. Like they don't really taste skimmed; they taste diluted. Um, and I think the the Cravendale skimmed is all right. They're a bit creamier somehow. I mean, you co- see plenty of, um, not as many maybe, but you see plenty of jugs with the red tops on. So they must mm. sell it. So people must buy full fat. Like there must be quite a lot of people who oh, prefer yeah. it. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people. I think that definitely. I think there's more people buy the blue tops than they do the red tops. It's like anecdotally, mm. I've I've known more people who just straight up drink drink full fat than I have done skim. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got them the wrong way around. Blue is the full fat, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But green is Green is semi. Green, green is where it's at. I think maybe like maybe the other example of a product where you're going for the theoretically healthy option more often than not might be some kinds of cheese. Like the ones that have reduced fat, those are start are starting to become more natural in terms of like is that how they make those like light cheeses then well not always but like you get definitely get the light lower fat versions of cheeses are are common enough i'd say and obviously the other prime example at the moment which i don't agree with at all but that's what the world we live in now and i wish it wasn't is (laughs) stuff like coke zero Oh yeah, yes. they're, they're just trying to make that just Coke now, aren't they? they well, are. they have to. Very hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this country, we've got this sugar tax and all that yeah, stuff. That's why. You know, that's yeah. like. Don't they have that in parts of America? Now well, as well, sure. Yeah. What? And obviously, to make it, obviously, what, it was a bit. Tax? Sugar is a problem, but like, I don't like how how now when you have a Coke Zero can, it just looks like a Coke can. There's just like yeah. a tiny black bar at the top. I know, I know. It. It's it's, yeah. it's it's confusing because like, yeah, you you I look for the big black bottle. Like, if I want a Coke, if I actually want a Coke Zero, which I do most yeah. of the time now, actually, but it's because a bit of me says, "Don't have for sugar." Nag, nag, nag. Yeah. We're not out now. Um, it's literally yeah, because it, of this tax. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I've also noticed that in the like in my Sainsbury's. Um, uh, local or whatever, which is more of a, you know, it's not a big Sainsbury's. It's a little convenience shop. Um, they have, um, for the same price, they have the normal size like Diet Coke cans, but then they sell for the same price Coke cans that are those like smaller ones that are like tall and um, just a cylinder without any no, tapering. Right, yes. Yeah. Um, so that I don't know how much they must be two hundred and fifty milliliters or something, but they're the same price as the. Uh, that's oh, how they no, get around the, the tax thing instead of it being but more. Is it the same sort of size as a energy drink can? Because the one, no, in, no. Because the one in my hand is like a 330, which is the same as a normal Coke can. It's well, not it's quite definitely the fun size can, but it's right. like not as... I actually quite like that size, uh, to be honest, so I get that. <laughs> I get the full fat Coke, but less of it. Um, 
I always yeah. find like if I start drinking Coke, I'm just not satisfied by any quantity that's in front of me. I, like, I, I, oh, I, you would just keep drinking? Yeah, easily. I think a can, three hundred thirty milliliters, is sometimes slightly too much. Of, of, of you know, regardless of the drink, sometimes. I, I would say that normally those half liter bottles are about right. I think those might be verging on too much. The five hundred milliliters. Yeah, yeah, you might, you might be. But right. they're they're resealable. Clean. I mean, I, I yeah, get yeah. those for travel, so that you can, you know. But you then they always it. get. To be honest, like I don't know, they're never as cold and stuff, and or as fizzy. No. And then, and then after you've drunk half of it and you've put it in your bag and stuff, then it's really not nearly as good. When you all we're basically come. saying is that as as we as has been known since forever. Time the superior, in superior version of Coke is glass bottle Coke. Oh yeah, the perfect oh, amount yeah. glass yeah. bottle. It's just the best. Well, glass <laughs> yes. bottle Coke is is, is 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 yeah in the in the proper classic bottle as well. It's like Although I did uh, I did find when I went on that skiing trip, which I'd never done before. I only did it because it was uh, you know sponsored by my work and everything. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but um, being up on the mountain and stuff, and it's really beautiful, like basically alien landscape if you've never been up in a mountain um i remember because you get it's obviously freezing but you're you know exerting yourself doing all the skiing so you get Mm. quite hot and then i just you know it's quite hard to walk as well if you're not used to it in the skiing boots so you're kind of you know with the things on the bottom yeah well it's the sort of you're walking on these kind of metal rails basically that attach to the skis um, so you're sort of trudging along and uh, bought myself a Coke and and like just a can, full fat Coke. And, and obviously it's always nice when you've been exercising and stuff. But, oh boy, there's some, I think it was just because uh, most Cokes, you know, they come out cold, but as you drink them, they definitely w- warm up and you can't help that. But if your entire environment is basically a fridge, then it's like cold all the way. And that, that was like pretty much the nicest Coke ever. Nice. <laughs> Recommend that environment for Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Go skiing. Don't don't listen to Jean Claude Van Damme and have a cause light. No, definitely not. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, that's good advice under any circumstances. Don't. I mean, that, light. that might make it tolerable compared to any other time, but I wouldn't risk it. Have you seen Cause Light's new like sponsorship like ads that they put in between programs? Like, I suppose you. Neither of you watch proper TV, right? No. Like Channel Four, like no. they don't, they don't like you know Van Dam doesn't seem to be doing like the the, the the Cause Light ads anymore. But instead, they've like still got like Cause Light sponsors comedy, but they're like these hyper tame like comedian battle things that are just I don't understand where the jokes are because they're like immensely unfunny, like immensely unfunny. Um. Is that it's just like actually uh, the point though? I don't know. Is it like caused light that this comedy is really light? <laughs> I mean, if that if that's accurate, <laughs> then they are nailing it because I don't I don't I really I just I don't get I I don't get it I don't get it. I prefer the double denim than I do the whatever that is. Because you could argue that the Van Damme thing was like the opposite of light, right? He was like I'm super hardcore. <laughs> And, well, yeah, because he he was he, well, it wasn't the whole thing. Like he was up in the mountains because nothing beats that he, he he's going there in search of the most refreshing thing. Yes, and and all he could find was cause light. <laughs> and cause light was, ice. Cause light was still more refreshing refreshing than a mountain full of ice. 
done. Anyway, now that the milk and advertising section of this podcast is over, <laughs> I guess. I mean, anti-advertising. Don't drink cause light. Actually, well, we have spent the last half yes. hour saying drink Coke. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, giant Coke advert. <laughs> Although Coke Zero, no, maybe I did. I did put some not Pepsi as the default Zero, not Pepsi Zero. Um, Dr Pepper Zero in a hip flask, and <laughs> took that with me to to um uh when, when I was watching the running the other night. Just just yeah, just 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 use a hip flask. It kept it cool. It looked like a drunk at all times. No, it was, it was quite funny. I was wearing my man from Del Monte hat, as it's now called. So <laughs> definitely with a hip flask. What is it like a Panama hat or something? Pretty much, yeah, but like paper. <laughs> okay. Can you say yes? You know, <laughs> I did say yes to a hip flask full of Doctor Pepper Zero. God. In, in cool. fairness, it was spiked a little bit. There was a touch of amaretto in it. Okay, that's the that's the Coke and touch of amaretto section of the podcast. Mm. It's time for hip flask. Well, watched any uh, watched any films, Rob? Film section. No. Film section. <laughs> Not since Spider Man. I don't know if we talked about Spider Man. I think we no. did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I'm, I'm going to see Lion King tomorrow. Apparently. Oh, no. oh man, that... the new Lion King. You're, yeah, I mean, as sounds... in the non-expressive lions, Lion King. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, you're just going to be staring at the CGI-ness of it. Oh, pretty much. You know, yeah, that's like, what like... I did with Jungle Book. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's just, just like... it's like a two-hour demo reel of how how CGI has progressed. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... it was just the, like that was the, the thing with Jungle Book, wasn't it? It's was like, oh, most of the forest doesn't exist, not just the animals. So, like we rendered everything. Well, nothing yeah. exists in Lion, Lion King, does it? No. I don't sure. know. No, I'm pretty sure it's all rendered. Uh, huh. but it looks pretty real for the singing animals. Mm. We'll have to, you'll have to see. I, yeah, I don't really get it, but there you go. Was you know the lion sleeps tonight actually in the Lion King animation? Because the uh, trailer's got that in it. It does, doesn't it? I don't even remember. Yeah, I, was, I, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't remember. I thought it was like the thing everyone thought is. was there, but yeah. if it isn't, I don't think that song is related to that movie at all. And then, well, I put it in. It and then, now. now it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that part. I saw that Aladdin a few weeks ago. Oh well. yeah, I don't know if we talked about that. that was... Well, that's relevant because that's the same sort of thing, except this yeah. is live action, actual live action with actual people. I mean, it was that that was kind of okay. The Will Smithified version of the genie was about as Will Smith as I as you can expect. So you know, I, I was happy. Hmm. Still has a whole new world in it, though, because of course it does. And that's well, that's the main stuff. song, isn't it? Do you not? Do you hate that? Song? Kinda, yeah. yeah. Like it's a bit like "Let It Go" in levels of yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. the original version of that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I watched Apollo 11, which is a documentary, which is just entirely right, yeah. footage of, you know, actual footage of that mission from start to finish. Was that also the one that was shown on the Beeb? Because the was BBC it? ran something that was basically like, it was like a dog, but they didn't really like have well, any Channel voiceover. Did their yeah. Six hour. Oh, like a Not really almost live-esque thing. Know, maybe they all just had a, their own version I'm of it. I'm sure they like, did. Yeah. I think what you were you saying, Rob, though, is... It sounds like what I watched in the cinema. It's like it was, there was no narration. It was just, um, you know, 
um, voice from Mission Control mostly. Mm. Um, and the occasional sort of explanation of um, uh, of a maneuver with like really basic vector graphic like little thing just to explain. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure that was the same then. I think I okay. like it was more, this was more cutaways. We'd cut away to like the interviews they did before it and then say that oh, they're in the, the, the they're in the thing and then some, it was more like I don't know a lot of the footage that they took, I guess, rather than actually yeah. explaining anything about it. It was just like, yeah, this 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 happened, then this happened. Well, this film was literally just all footage from the time, like in sequence, basically the whole mission. It opens with the um the rocket on the kind of crawler thing, crawler transporter thing, mm. moving towards the pad, and it just goes through everything until touchdown basically I, I, it's amazing the quality of the footage i guess they just used the best possible cameras and at the time for just for everything um just to archive everything uprising at it well yeah they've probably remastered it by now yeah well it is remastered but even so it's, it's astonishing quality everything's in focus and and, and uh, uh well not everything not the stuff in space as much but i mean it is but like they even had some good like I, there's an angle which i hadn't seen before of where i think buzz is like filming neil as he's on the steps about to step down so you get an alternate angle on, yeah, on right. the first step on the moon which is probably which is obviously way better quality than the the tv camera angle because that was mm. obviously analog whereas this is like film um uh, it, it's quite a weird angle because it's like looking down through the window of the Lem down towards Neil on the on the steps. But yeah, that was kind of cool. There's definitely some some cool stuff I've never seen before, and so it's very slightly dramatic. less for the conspiracy theorists to lay their hat on. Well, you know, it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't work like that. But it's a tremendous amount of of footage, especially on the of stuff in on Earth, like all of the mission control and all of the people and everything that were involved. It's just absolutely massive. Oh yeah, I knew they yeah. had most of that like filmed, didn't they? Yeah, much every, uh, the, yeah the entire time mission control yeah. was on, they had loads of cameras on it, didn't they? Yeah, it's really cool. It's also kind of cool. Like I remember seeing some of that footage from mission control and then thinking. Oh, right, yeah, some of those guys that were in there were probably the same guys that were in there for Apollo 13. Yep. Oh, and yeah. The actors they cast for the Apollo <laughs> 13 like film, them. yeah, they did a pretty decent job with the casting. Of finding them, yeah, looking similar, yeah. It's weird. They were all in, like in their 20s or something, all these flight controllers. Like, it's really mm. weird. Yeah, they're all like just kids, really, 24-year-olds and stuff. Because there's a, been a, a really good podcast I recommend as well. That for obviously it's all happening for this anniversary, fifty years. Uh, but there's a BBC one, World Service one called um, Thirteen Minutes to the Moon" that my brother recommended. But it seems to be quite big in the podcast chart and stuff. But I recommend that it's really really good. It's got some good interviews with you know all the flight controllers that and and uh, astronauts. It's pretty cool. It's thirteen minutes because that's the 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 powered descent. Um, right, and the, obviously that was the most dramatic part of Apollo Eleven because it didn't go according to plan at all. 
actually don't know the story of how, how it went wrong. When they, when they, where they were trying to land, there was a whole shit ton of boulders in the way, basically. <laughs> well, it went, it, went, it went wrong in like multiple ways. Um, and the computer kept outputting the same error code like five times on the way down and they didn't know what it meant. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Didn't they have the didn't they have the developers on call? Be like, yeah, they, they did. They were sort of. Yeah, exactly. But they um well they had the people who knew this the knew the computer and the software, I guess, in the in the mission control. But they, I mean they had no time to like debug look it. a lot of these things up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, basically debug it. Well they basically did figure out what it was quite quickly, which is quite good. Um, but yeah, well, it but it started because they were going too fast, um, and then they had. I'm just listening to it now. First of all, they were going too fast, and they they were like halfway to the abort limit on the speed, and then um, they just the communications were just terrible. So they kept like rolling the spacecraft so that the antenna was pointed better at the Earth, so that because they if they had uh. no data, they just had to scrub because they just couldn't. I mean, it's like, I guess they could have landed without the communications, but the idea was that if something went wrong, they needed to know why it had gone wrong. Otherwise, yeah, they could do something that makes it worse. Yeah. Um, And there was that. And then so they're going too fast and and they were going long when they uh, um, and then and then the computer started malfunctioning uh, and then they and then so they it was all manual whatever on the landing and they when they were running out of fuel because they had to like go longer to because there were loads of rocks in the way right because they'd gone too far past their original landing point so they managed to land with like zero fuel hmm. a rocky landing yeah anyway yeah check out that film it's quite good if you, it's very dramatic it'll probably be on the bbc the tv before long i would have thought it, it's not that's not the sort of film that stays at off TV for a long time, is it? Like a documentary. No. Probably yeah. wouldn't be in the cinema for very long either. But since no, we're exactly. talking about this anyway, let's also just get the get this out of the way. Check out our YouTube video. Which is probably live right now, actually, because it was uploading earlier today. Which one is where, this? Where we recreate an Apollo mission in Kerbal Space Program. Oh I nice. Excellent. It did go as well as my test run, I can tell you that much. <laughs> so we got a bit Kerbal Solutions going on there. <laughs> did you survive? Did it work? Yep. Okay. Spoiler alert, we, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, we did, well, we technically died once, but we reloaded that save. <laughs> did you make can. it home? Yeah. We, uh, we the, watched the whole video and you'll find out the trials and tribulations of this mission. It was a, quite an Apollo 13-esque <laughs> situation. Well, the whole extra half hour at the end. <laughs> but did you land on the moon, though? Yeah. Okay. That part's easy. <laughs> that, that, all went, that all went very quickly, actually, getting to the moon and sorting it out. It was just yeah. getting back. Also, you we, sorted out that moon. Also, we didn't do any like of the construction in the video. I'd already built this thing. You built a moon and rocket. And tested it. it. That must be fairly easy to build a moon rocket at this point, though, is it? Or in Kerbal, considering all the other places you have to go. Yeah. Well, the weird thing is, like, it, the, if you're playing the career of Kerbal, after you've Game. got, oh, yes, well, we'll come back to these in a sec. But after you've got into orbit, the next like main goal that it prompts you towards is to land on the moon, or well, go to the moon and then land on the moon. Whereas going to the other moon in the curve that's around Kerbin Minmus, the tiny one, landing on that is like way easier because the gravity is so much lower. 
Right. But it takes more fuel to sort of get there because it's further away. So actually, the moon landing is arguably harder than that. So it's kind of weird that it's the, uh, the next thing that it prompts you to do. Because mm. the relatively, I mean, for in the whole Kerbal system, the the moon moon is like one of the larger non-atmosphere bodies. So it's mm. it is technically quite difficult. Right. A lot of the other moons are smaller, so they have low gravity. It just makes it easier all around. Yeah. Harder to get to them and harder to, I guess, get the intercept correct because you can miss the gravity well easier if, when they're smaller. Mm. But yeah, I, 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 when I, because I hadn't played Kerbal for ages, and then when I went back in and, you know, refamiliarized myself with it and did this test run, I was like, yeah, there's, I can still manage this quite easily. Let's just make this, make this a video. Get this done in approximately an hour, except it took quite a lot longer because we had problems. <laughs> hmm. I will check that out. Right, since the topic is now games, it's time for the news. Yep. <laughs> sort of turn it around. Actually, before we completely leave the Apollo thing, and I guess this is technically news, but and also something I played, but not enough to be in the played section, they updated Astroneer with the Apollo, with their Apollo celebration thing. Hmm. Right, just on the on the Ashmere equivalent of the moon, there's a lunar lander you can find. And it like if if you stand next to it, it automatically takes like a photo with a like a <laughs> grainy black and white effect. That was kind of cool. <laughs> and if you stand next to it for a while, you it starts playing like radio recordings from the actual mission. Oh, neat. So you can just sort of hang out there and listen to it for a while if you want. It's their version of finding the Normandy crash. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and you can also, if you find the find it, you also get a skin for your spacesuit, like a classic. It's more of a well, no, it's only colours, not like a, a, a suit design, but it's like coloured like traditional spacesuit colours, <laughs> rather so than what? the weird colours that Astrodea typically has. Mm. That's kind of neat. And I did hear that there is supposedly actually a a Apollo landing monument on the moon in Kerbal as well. I just don't know where that is. Yeah, you have to scan it all Somewhere on the moon. Yeah. yeah. There are ways to find the Easter eggs in Kerbal nowadays, so you don't have to just look that up in the wiki. You could do it legitimately, but I didn't do either. So <laughs> Anyway, news. That was news. That's a patch for uh, yeah, Ashley that happened. I guess, yeah. <laughs> patch news. What's the big news? This week, that there is no news. Yeah. Oh no, not another. I mean, last week, Nintendo's still under fire for its Joy Cons. Yeah, that, that that battle seems to keep running on. Seems to have, seems to have been like heightened the last couple of weeks. It's very reason. annoying because, well, so I guess the news part of it is like there was a class action lawsuit in the works. And oh, then, okay. And then Nintendo were like, "Oh shit, maybe we should try and cut that off." Well, or it seems like what happened was. The class action lawsuit thing started welling up, and then Nintendo were like, "We can head this off at the pass if we offer to replace Joy-Con to fix Joy-Cons for free." Head this we off just... at the pass? I hate that cliche. Yep. <laughs> if if we if we get ahead of the curve and just say <laughs> we can fix these for free, if you just send us your fucked up Joy-Cons, we'll just, even if they're out of warranty, we'll just fix them. Then we cannot get sued, which is apparently what they did, but only in America. Oh, really? <laughs> apparently, well. I didn't Apparently, because supposedly where the lawsuit was brewing, presumably, yeah, where the lawsuit was brewing, exactly. Supposedly, 
this was a, like an internal leak of Nintendo's from within Nintendo support revealed that they were going to do the free free warrant out of warranty repairs mm. and it seems like it might only be in America but apparently in in some other countries people have phoned up and phoned up support and been like will you do this and they've said yes so maybe like the, the internal maybe it hasn't got out to everywhere internally in the support Nintendo support system or something yet yeah maybe they haven't figured out the logistics for it elsewhere yet yeah but I'm really hoping that it does happen because then I can get my Joy-Con fixed I won't have to because yeah. I still haven't put in the I brought a replacement stick Right. I still haven't put that in, and then I heard, I was about I was thinking about it again, and then I heard this news, and I was like, "Oh shit, maybe I should actually wait." Yeah, I think I think I think you're better off not touching it right <laughs> now. So my Joy-Con is still fucked. <laughs> so did you have the do you have the drift or the connectivity issue? Well, technically I have both, but right. I don't worry about the connectivity issue because I'm always sat like so close to my Switch anyway. Right, so it's not so much of a problem. Yeah, yeah. you still have the like left con draining faster battery wise. I haven't noticed that recently. Okay. So I don't actually know. I guess I haven't really played I haven't played that much recently. I think that was supposedly something they fixed with a firmware yeah. update at some point. Yeah, yes. I think that one was. But I mean, if 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 we are to assume that they're only fixing stick drift, I probably can't get the connectivity thing fixed at the same time. Mm. That would be nice. There's um Oh yeah, I mean, I suppose the nice thing about this is that they will be refunding people that already ha- already yeah. paid for a repair, a repair as well. Yeah. So it's they're they're going they're not like hey this is a new thing we're doing they're like no 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 you everyone's suffering so we're just going to be good about this. But again, at this point, but in America, <laughs> again at this point, this is all from a leak and then people physically phoning support. I don't think Nintendo mm. have actually announced this at any point yet. Oh okay, that's <laughs> less good. Yeah. So we'll see what actually happens. Another Nintendo news, they have announced some minor revisions to the real Switch. <laughs> yes. Not the, uh, well, I don't know if they announced it or if it, again, if someone just found out. But... I think this one was announced. Okay. With like a little video and everything. Yeah, because there was something like, um, so there's a number of little changes going into, like, it's, it's, it's one of those, like, classic, it's a, it's a hardware revision, it doesn't really change anything for, you know, the early adopters don't have to be that mad kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's what you're worried about is battery life. Yeah, but it's only getting like a tiny, tiny bump. Like, I don't know. They'd already said the Switch Lite battery power is only going to be what 25 percent longer at most, and like it, this, 25... this, is, this is even this is way less than that. This is like a tiny, and and that's that comes off the back of the fact that the actual major change they're doing is a slightly new revision of the Nvidia Tegra chip that's in there. So the, the, it's it's not like a more powerful chip. It's a revision to the X1 yeah. that's in it, which I, I guess is a tiny bit more power power efficient. Um, so maybe it doesn't need to spin up the fan quite so much. So maybe it doesn't use so much power, you know, that kind of thing. But it is basically a non-change. Yeah. This is like a new... It's not like a Switch XL or anything. It's literally no, just no, 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 the no. Switch is this from now on. Yeah. Just has this slightly better battery life because of slight other changes to other parts of the hardware. And that's pretty much the only significant thing. It's like it's like when PS, you know, the early. I always think of like PS3 when it comes to like early hardware revisions because <laughs> they put out quite a few, quite a few during yeah. its early lifespan. Admittedly, all of them mostly sucked because they were like taking features out. Yes. Like, oh hey, we dropped 
the backwards compatibility stuff. Oh, oh, hey, like you don't need the, all these USB sockets, do you? No, we're gonna we're gonna take half of them out. Enjoy. Man, they should have kept that backwards compatibility. <laughs> it had a well, admittedly, I suppose it was super expensive. Those early ones had like a pretty much a full on PS2 chipset in them. Yeah. Would have been nice to have had that. Instead, I'm stuck with the. I think I'm stuck with the worst of the George Foreman's <laughs> versions of the PS3. It's like we didn't. They don't have any of those features. But I think I think I had the slightly larger hard drive in there. <laughs> slightly. Revisions. What else is going on? Uh, Fortnite's having its World Cup. Boo! Supposedly the biggest prize pool in any esport well, ever. I'm sure. <laughs> Africa just continued to spend all their money. Although there's, a, there's, you know, a reasonable amount of controversy leading up to this thing, like including cheaters being banned and somehow then getting into the tournament again. I guess by being legit. I don't, I don't quite know how that works, but but hey, it made mainstream news. It's like <laughs> well, it's a big enough thing that it, the Beeb actually ran it. <laughs> I think they ran ran it. Dota. Well, they well. ran the story, you know. What I mean? Oh, okay. I think they ran the Dota Two one at the time, and that was Did the they? thing. Well, I remember that. It's not like you see much on Counter Strike turn up on BBC. <laughs> That's not nearly as big. Pretty big, but not as big. Yeah, Dota or League, presumably, would uh, hmm. be up there. That's happening. That's not news. Well, it might have already happened. I don't know. I don't know if it's still currently happening or whether it's already done. Started, anyway, on Friday, I think. Um, I don't care, so I've not been paying attention. No. It's Fortnite. I don't know what's going on. Uh, uh, What else we got? Anyone got anything else? (laughs) No. No? Not really. Uh, I'm sure there was one other thing, but I've already forgotten it, which, yeah, usually means it's not important. Uh, there's a story that um, Kojima was considering Keanu for Death Stranding, um, <laughs> but ended up going for, for Mad, Mads Mikkelsen. But Keanu ended up in Cyberpunk, so that's fine. <laughs> I think surely Mads Mikkelsen suits Kojima a bit better. I think Mads Mikkelsen is a genius pull. Like yeah. It's, it, that's so, it's so good. Although you can't go too far wrong with Keanu. No, but if Keanu was like, are they saying that Keanu would have played Mads's role? No, that's the question, isn't it? I don't, I don't know if that fits quite so well. Like, presumably, what, he would have been the, the role, anyway. you know, presumably would have been the biggest character or the main, or he d- the Mads Mikkelsen character does seem to be like the centerpiece, or kind of at least originally. So, uh, not you know, do you know what I mean? Hmm. No. Some centerpiece bad guy, anyway. Yeah, exactly. As far as we know, there was some little two-minute thing that came out that I haven't watched yet about Heartman. Yeah, I watched. I watched a bit of that just now. I don't know if I want to watch the in-depth character stuff though, because it's like it's getting into spoiler territory. To yeah, degree. potentially. I mean, it was pretty vague, but uh, you know, I mean, you don't really need much more than that. That long trailer from E3 that was pretty. Uh, 
gave you a, a good flavor. Oh, it's I mean, coming out it soon, might, anyway. I mean, what is it? September? I don't know. I can't hmm. remember. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not too far away, but it'd be quite nice to like actually maybe see a bit more gameplay. I don't know. That game's going to be so weird. I win. Yeah, I mean, the gameplay. Yeah, it's still just a complete mystery. I think, pretty much, apart from like. It has some it's stealth no bits, right? Obviously. Where you have to like creep through the woods with the sort of detector thing going while those weird ghosts are around and stuff. I think there'll be a fair amount of just, you know, walking around a bit while avoiding something. Probably. Because yeah. that's a Kojima game, all right? Yeah. We shall see. Um, Bethesda put out Doom, as in Doom, and Doom 2 oh, yeah. and stuff on the Switch. Um, Doom, or, Doom 2 and Doom 3 yeah um, people got annoyed that you have to like log into some Bethesda account just to play Doom 1 and then apparently, <laughs> which is pretty funny <laughs> which is hilarious but then they've come out and said that they're going to remove that yeah uh, which is makes sense well I mean it was an accident supposedly. no come on no how could this not. be an accident well because it's it's a login that's only meant to give you bonuses on your the, the Slayer rewards account, whatever. It's mo- it's meant to be a bonus that you log in while you're playing it. It's not meant to be a DRM oh, of the Doom game. I see. Yeah. <laughs> so they say. That's a good. That's yeah, a so good, they say. That's a good full. That's a, that's a pretty genius fullback position. If that wasn't the plan, yeah, I just a reasonable explanation. Bethesda, it because it. I mean, what the what they're saying is that you can, you should theoretically be able to play it without logging it. Which I mean would make sense, mm. and supposedly from before this talk about getting it patched was going around, people had tested this and said that pretty much you just if, when it tells you to log in, you just put in fucking any email address and it pretty much just accepts it. No, <laughs> you really. can totally use fake emails and it doesn't even care. Not validating against an existing account or anything, supposedly. So who knows how fucked up that actually was? But you know that's Bethesda for you, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> They make them kind of cock up. Uh, they've taken perfectly good games and somehow made them worse. Somehow, at least at least the login thing in original Doom is stylized like the rest of the game. How does like the original Doom and Doom Two control on a modern console? They like made it made it twin stick or something because you didn't really yeah. have look up and down. Well, I mean, you don't need the, no, the you don't need look no. up and down, do you? Use all those other buttons for weapon switching. Probably would be a better idea. <laughs> yeah, I guess since you don't have a number key to deal with. I reckon they'd be quite fun in portable mode. Well, just generally, but obviously it's Doom. But well, I used to play the GBA version of Doom. <laughs> I mean, Doom will run on anything, but now it runs on Switch. Yeah. And Doom 3, for some reason. And Doom 3, apparently. I can't imagine that playing that I well. Suppose that, I suppose that means all the Dooms are now on there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What Doom 3 was such a weird one, wasn't it? Well, yeah, because it was in that era where people were still trying to figure out what where the F- FPS began changing significantly. Yeah. And... Well, it was the first sort of post... Was it the first... No. Was it the first post-Half-Life id game? I think it, I think it was post-Half-Life, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, it didn't really survive Half Life, did it? I mean, what did it go on to make, like Return to Castle Wolfenstein and stuff like that? Was... I guess that I guess it did eventually, yeah, sort of catch mm. up. Yeah, Return to Castle and Rage. Yeah, which one was Return to Castle Wolfenstein? That that was no, that didn't quite. That there had a few like Wolfenstein games, didn't they? Like before current Wolfenstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supposedly the good quick con sales on at the moment, by the way. <laughs> oh. so, so if you want any of this on PC, it's currently cheap. Apparently, according to my Steam list, the only thing everyone wants is Prey for hella cheap. Oh, really? Yep. I sort of, I had a moment where I thought Prey would be interesting, and then sort of was just like, nah, no, I a go, passing I really, moment. Really, yeah, I really can't be faffed with this. Don't know if it's that interesting to me. A hot second. As no, never never quite understands why I say hot in front of it, but neither do I really. But you know, why a hot second? Why not just a second? Because it's summer. Because you need to emphasise it. It's a hot second. It seems like a sort of giant bomb kind of phrasing that. Hot well, minute. yes, yeah. Right, that's the end of the news because there's no more news. <laughs> I guess mm. it's time for what you've been playing. <laughs> I feel like the, this news lull is longer than it has been for a lot of years. Yeah. I, I don't mean, know. It's hard to remember. Have we got like Gamescom or something coming up? Yes. Like, yeah. So maybe we'll, sure. maybe there'll be some stuff coming out then. No, I guess yeah. you could argue it is the the gap between E3 and Gamescom where it's like you've got news at E3 and you've got news at Gamescom and nothing in between. Yeah. <laughs> and then not a lot after that until... Oh, maybe... Until PS, all the games come Maybe out. PSX if they do one. Maybe whatever Tokyo Game Show or the that weird PlayStation thing they did last year in Japan, mm. you know, with the contro- talking controller ship. <laughs> that was dumb. Uh, <laughs> and then the video, and then the Game Awards, I guess. So still some stuff. To this news will happen. <laughs> games will come out. Well, yes, yeah, that's less news. <laughs> There's a lot of games that are going to come out. Hopefully. When does Madden come out? Because that's like the return of games, isn't it? It's usually like late August, right? Late August, okay. Games are back. <laughs> End of August. All right, it's a game. Yeah, what you been playing, Zach? Well, I mean, I feel like there's not that much to talk about, except, well, I, I guess there has been a couple of slightly different things. I went went back to Seven Days to Die in co- co-op this time with actually another person, only one other person, not really Mark Clay. I'll call it co-op. And also, it's been like quite a long time since I last played that, and there has been at least one major patch in all that time. Mm. That game is not oh, updating yeah. very well at all. Oh, really? slow and still just as broken as it's always been hmm. in new and interesting ways though but yeah since we last since i'd last played there's been a fairly major rebalance of like all the progression essentially just remind me which style of survival game this one is <laughs> the is zombie like... one where, right. where you build stuff in the like with blocks is it like first person yeah okay 
I, whenever you think of these games, my my brain immediately goes to "Don't Starve." Uh, it's just like and I'm just <laughs> so like, close. I know, and I try and paint everything with that brush. And it's... Yeah, this one's it, it, like if you were to just look at it in like a screenshot or whatever, it, it, it it's kind of hella generic, but it does well. It does, and maybe did <laughs> some kind of interesting things. But the rebalance, the, prog- the, to the progression that they've done in this last match is kind of weird. Or, or maybe it seems more weird if you'd played it before. Because previously, it had a slightly weird system where you... It had... I I guess you'd call it kind of old school, where you'd just level up stuff by doing it. Except that kind of extended maybe too far. Like, if you want, if you had your your axe or whatever and you wanted to get a better axe you just had to make a shit ton of axes it was a bit like Skyrim's dagger 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 situation mm-hmm. where where in order to upgrade your axe you just spent when you're when you're like locked in your bunker at night and there's not much else you can do just make shit tons of axes because they would level up your skill at making axes and then your axe will be better <laughs> it was a slightly weird system at the time but they basically got rid of that now it's just you ha- straight up just have skill points that you spend in a in a skill tree. I mean, it had skill points and a skill tree before, but now it's like everything is in that tree now. You don't grind to level up specific skills. You just grind to get X- XP that you then spend in the skill tree. So it's some ways simplified and some ways not as good i don't know like i felt i didn't mind the great and also it did give you something to do during the night where you were just you're just locked in your bunker and there's not really anything else you could do apart from craft stuff Hmm. so it was a good time to do that kind of grinding right yeah but yeah it's workbench tinker time it's essentially mostly the same Hmm. but yeah play it in multiplayer for the first time i'd done it it was well, the main thing was that another part, another part of this update is there's been various changes to like the AI of the zombies and whatever. And I, I, I played a solo game and this multiplayer game, and we got to the first seventh day, which is where like the horde comes at night, where you have to be be prepared, get your defenses ready for the seventh day or whatever. That's the whole point of the game. Every seven days. And in the in my solo game, I did it the way I'd done it before, the old the old way of fortify a house, like surround it by with like wooden spikes, and then when the zombies try and pass you, they hit the spikes and die. Mm. That's how that's meant to work. <coughs> but I think they've slightly updated the AI of the zombies pathfinding because previously it was like super focused on doors, essentially. So if you're inside a building, the zombies would find the door that leads into that building and just go for that door. Right. And that was how it, that was like, you'd organize your defenses to basically funnel zombies into the passage to your door. And then that would be extra full of spikes or whatever. All your traps would be aligned to that. Now they seem to just be a little more like encouraged to just beat down the walls, which completely fucked me. Mm. It's mainly because... Because the building I was in had like uh, one of the rooms at the back stuck outwards slightly from the rest of the building. So it created like a concave corner essentially on the back of the building. So zombies that passed into that corner 
normally they would have worked out how to get to the door, but now they path into that corner, and because the walls are blocking them in every direction they want to go, essentially, to get to you, they just start beating down the wall. Hmm. And so they broke in and killed me. <laughs> I was like, well, that's annoying, but, you know, you can solve that by making sure your building is perfectly square. Right. Just make sure there's no little divots where the zombie pathfinding can get stuck. Get stuck. Right. And then when we did it in multiplayer, we tried a different tactic of there's these like bridges over rivers that are sort of they're that sort of traditional like triangle frame metal work, which okay. is like a bunch of triangles that make the bridge. Yeah, yeah. So we were like, okay, we'll, world of goo. Yeah, like world of goo. <laughs> so we're like, okay, we'll fort we'll build like a platform on top of this bridge and fortify that because then the only way the zombies will be able to get to us is to path up the slope of the like the slope of the metal work. Like, so it makes a very narrow path, and we can get up and down that, and so theoretically can the zombies, but it gives you a much narrower direction that they come from. And we did that, but then we ran into sort of the same problem as I had in the house, but much worse, which is that because we'd fortified the outer slopes of the bridge, we hadn't fortified like the inner triangles. Because we didn't think that what the zombies would do is jump up onto the inner triangles and then basically try and burrow up through the floor oh. onto the top of the bridge. Huh. <laughs> so they did that and then weakened the structure of the bridge so much the whole thing collapsed. <laughs> How strong are these bloody zombies? Quite strong. Yeah. Especially on the horde night where they get like fast and tougher. But yeah, they the whole bridge collapsed and we lost basically all our stuff. Which maybe is also are, about... like, are these zombies mutating in a way that their flesh and bone become harder than steel? Like, how does this? How do they burrow through a bridge? You no, know, every, everything is punchable. Like, everything point. is punchable. It just takes a long time. But if there's a lot of zombies piled up in a small space, they can eat free stuff pretty quick. But yeah, the bridge collapsed. We lost all our stuff, which was maybe a bug because theoretically, like item drops aren't meant to disappear at any point, hmm. or item drops from like if you have a crate that gets destroyed and the items fall on the floor, those are meant to stay there, but they didn't. Uh. So we lost a lot of our stuff, which we literally only just moved in because we started off in a house and I, we were like, do we fortify this house? Do we find a better house? Let's try this bridge thing. And then we took all our stuff up to the bridge and it was like, oh shit, that's all our stuff. Or mm. <laughs> well, nearly all of our stuff. So yeah, I don't know if we'll continue playing that or maybe even start over or something it kind of doesn't matter too much if you lose all your stuff i guess because the stuff you have stuff you have on your person is probably the most important stuff because you're naturally carrying the good shit to survive yeah because yeah, you want like your good weapons and armor and that kind of stuff and also you know the whole point of the game is scavenging so losing all your stuff and having to scavenge it all again is not necessarily that bad especially because you've also spent seven seven days getting levels so you already have skills mm. and that's kind of the if starting again you'd lose that part of it so you might be better off just continuing but then that doesn't set you up so well for the like the next seven day horde <laughs> on day 14 so even though it's seven days to die games a lot longer well it's every seven days mm. <laughs> so there's that is there a goal is there an end game? Was it literally just a uh, time survival? It's kind of just time survival. Theoretically, in the there's, well, theoretically there's a random world generation, but that doesn't work at the moment. But in the non-random world generation, the like pre-made map, mm. there's like a sort of progression through that map, 
maybe a sort of lore or right a, sort of it. a breadcrumb tra- trail of story yeah find. vaguely so there is some amount of progression towards the goal but it is more or less just surviving and naturally by surviving longer you'll be more prepared to go into the more dangerous areas anyway so even in the random world generation there's areas where it's like that's the wasteland type of area you probably don't want to go in in there until you've leveled up a bit or whatever but yeah mostly just surviving so i played a bit of that as i said i played ashton a bit for the apollo thing because i because Limited time unlocks, god damn it. Mm. <laughs> but luckily, it's not like Ashenir is a hard game. You can pretty much just jump in, do the thing in about five minutes, and then just, that's it. <laughs> Still, maybe hasn't, Ashenir hasn't been fixed enough to fix like its main problems with its progression. Still, more or less the same. They've added a few little extra things, like different shapes of platform, different sizes of platform, which are kind of nice, but not really additive to the progression as such just like options um i also wanted to mention briefly that uh i should probably stop playing rocket league on friday nights <laughs> oh no why because basically i played on thursday i was like okay this is great this is all going well teammates are doing teammate things Played on Friday, everyone's retarded. Oh, right. <laughs> like, is everyone just drunk and high on Friday night? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. This is what it seems like. No, but so, if Makes we sense. got the dream team together on a Friday, on a Friday, do you reckon we'd have an easier time? Maybe. <laughs> but it, it, unless, unless, of course, we're drunk. Well, yeah. <laughs> Give us might be. But, like, I say that like it was a thing I discovered this week, but it is definitely a trend that I've noticed over time. It's like, for some reason, Thursday night seems good. Hmm. And then Friday is bad. <laughs> Thursday night's all right for Rockerton. It's quite weird. And the summer event is still going. Yep, in the first third phase. And for some reason, they decided to extend the rocket pass. Although... For how long? Until the next rocket pass. Oh. Which is like... Weird. So I'm going to get lots of coloured versions of stuff I don't want. Well, yeah, basically. It's because I suppose there's a, a few couple more keys I can earn. The news post that, about it said we we saw the complaints that there was too much gap between the first rocket pass and the second rocket pass, so we're extending the second rocket pass until the third rocket pass. And it's like, that's not really... Well, the a... third until the fourth, you mean. Oh, yeah, three, yeah. Free, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, we're not. that's not really a change as such. That's just like... We didn't know when the next rocket pass was going to be, and now we do we know. So now we yeah. can just <laughs> set the time limit, right? Because wasn't it like it was like th- the first one was like three months on, three months off, right? Something like that. They kept it. Yeah, there was quite a big gap on the yeah. first one, especially, and the second one was had a fairly big gap after it as well. But I don't mind that. I think that's kind of kind of nice for it not to be on all the time. Yeah, and also you're not getting a bunch of dumb shit that you don't want. Well, you're getting different dumb shit. That you yeah. Don't want. <laughs> Can you trade up the coloured stuff you get out of? I don't know. I don't think you can, because they're classes limited, where right. they're orange grade or whatever. Yeah. Presumably there must be a way of dealing... Like, Do you get dupes out of that system? Or is I don't it always think you're meant to. I think you're always, always meant to get a new, something, yeah, you're but... a new combination of colours and certification or whatever. Right. 
mean, I, I feel like I've been de- dealt a pretty bad hand so far of my uh, coloured stuff. I don't feel like this pass has been be- good in general for all the stuff that they have coloured versions right, of. Right, yeah. Like, like, They've got to have ugly head wheels. <sighs> yeah. Well, I've got one of those. Like, admittedly, those are the ones I don't seem to have very many of. I've got one of those in, in black. I've got so can, many. Of which those. means you can barely see the head. Yeah, that does help. Can I have the can I have the number one version? You know, the one without the head. yeah, without the head. Yeah, I don't know why they don't do that because like you know, all of those, all of the coloured things are like the highest the, the tier version thing, yeah. of those things. Whereas they could have easily had all the tiers be having coloured versions. Which, like, can the boosts in this one be coloured? I don't think I've seen those. The slash boost, yeah. Oh, it can. Yeah. Oh, okay, I've not seen that yet. I've not seen the uh, trails. But the slash covered. boost and the trails are real boring as well in this pass. Well, yeah, they're, well, they're, they're kind of classic. Like, kind of. The goal explosion isn't that interesting. Well, because it's just poof. Yeah. Well, no, not the poof. What's the other one? The big explosion. You've probably seen it several times while we've been playing. Probably. I can't remember. <laughs> Which is why I say oh, it's oh, like Oh, yeah, the slash, the slash, the slash explosion. Yeah, I've got one of those yeah. in, in the, the black and white one. So that's, that's the good one. Yeah, the good colours. Mm. But, like, it's not a very interesting explosion. It's all right. The skins aren't that interesting. I mean, shield, shield glitch is okay, I guess, if you like that weird effect. I've got lots of coloured versions of that. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. And percussion? Not the greatest. <laughs> There's a weird sort of divide, isn't there, in the um, skins front, the animated skins. Like some of them are like clearly just they're moving vectors around or something like that, so they animate smoothly. And then you've got ones that are like a video or something, like in the like animate at thirty frames, <laughs> and they look a w- bit weirdly out of place. Those ones mm. compared to st- some of the stuff, maybe. But yeah. That's anyway, league, league is still league. It's weird that they're continuing that rocket pass for so long. Yeah. Well, that means I can earn all the keys. Anyway, yeah, that is a good yeah. thing for you to get all those keys and then basically get the next rocket pass for free. I've got enough keys for the next one already, so I'm good. <laughs> well, in that case, you can't. Because I had an overlap. Oh, because I, I didn't earn enough right, in the yeah. last. Yeah. That's right. And then, well, I play more Factorio, but there's not much to say about that. Continuing to. There's been a quite a discussion on the Factorio forums currently because they are proposing some significant changes to like oil processing that have pissed everyone off. <laughs> How have they annoyed people? Well, basically, when you when you first unlock oil processing, it's quite a big step in complexity. Like you're getting all the like you're having to get oil and then you're having to refine oil and the output of the refinery is like three different types of oil and then you're processing that into right. like different things and you're having to make all these other new items like advanced circuits that are made from plastic and that kind of stuff just to make the next level of the science pack which you need to progress further down the tech tree so like the whole oil processing step is quite significant and it's long been known as a sort of a place where lots of where new players might give up it's like a whether it's like spike. Yeah, it's thing. like a difficulty spike. So they've, you know, obviously you might want to try and smooth that difficulty spike out somewhat. But the change that they've suggested to solve this problem is mainly focused around the fact that the the, the oil refinery outputs three different types of oil, basically, when you when you convert the crude oil into the different products. Because the problem that that is most often seen in like new players coming in to make a forum post is that the refinery stops working if any one of the products backs up. So you so have, you have to be dealing different... with all three fractions yeah. at so, the right rate. Or... So 
theoretically, the normal way to solve that is you just put down a, a big old storage tank and just store the stuff you're not using for later. And then later down the tech tree, you get new ways to deal with the, those other products. Okay. But then, yeah, okay. So, and then that, so that's the thing that is being focused on as like the big problem for new players or whatever. They don't understand wh- why oil works, which is kind of like, as I've just sort of explained in that whole bit where I talk about yeah. what is contained in oil processing, it's like, it's such a minor part of that whole like step in complexity. But that seems to be the thing, thing that they're focusing on. And what they've suggested to fix it is basically make the oil refinery only output one thing, which is kind of sort of counterintuitive to what oh. a refinery is. Well, that's kind of lame. Can't so, you, you know, I guess you can't just dump excess stuff, can you? You'd have to store well, it. Well, that's the other suggestion people have been saying. It's like if you don't want to put make a ton of storage tanks to store the excess stuff, just make like a flare stack that just burns it. Right, yeah. Sure. Which I mean, plenty of the mods do have flare stacks in them, to, but that's generally because mods introduce a whole bunch of other fluids that have lots of complicated ways of using them that maybe you don't necessarily have at the current point in that texture or whatever in the base game. And the, you know, there's been other attempts to balance this previously, like they changed the chemical science pack to include solid fuel, which was a way to use up the other oil products that you weren't using by converting it into solid fuel. And it's like that sort of was way a way to work around that problem. But yeah, this weird like one output refinery situation has generally annoyed people who like complexity. <laughs> and the, the thing that, that I argued on the, this forum post... Yeah, because you've got to stick your ore in, right? Yeah was that surely the answer to this problem is make a tutorial for the oil process. Because you have this incredibly fancy built-in tutorial system in Factorio where like it has tutorials for like trains and robots already, where you select the tutorial and it basically puts you in sort of a a separate world. It like pauses your actual game, takes you into this separate sort of clean room environment, and then just steps you through whatever the tutorial was trying to tell you about. It's like, just make one of those for the oil process, and surely that would be the most logical way to solve this problem, right? Just tell people what the problems are to do with oil and hint at what the solutions are. But, you know, that's my opinion. I say just make a tutorial and then... Well, I say just make a tutorial and then wait and see whether it solves the problem or not. Mm. (laughs) Don't make these really, like, quite complicated rebalances to the whole thing without tutorializing the thing you already have but you know we'll see they've already delayed that patch for a whole week after the first post got <laughs> huge for the first forum thread got a very large amount of posts so they delayed it and then this week's for this week's developer update has always also got an equally large amount of posts attached to it so who knows what will happen but at least you know at least they are theoretically listening to the discussion the developers taking consideration of what people think yeah that's good watching it casually from afar and then just to go nope yeah <laughs> nope. that is increasingly way. what it seems like at this point I mean, the, the second revision of this week's post where they took the original idea and adjusted it somewhat seems to suggest that they're kind of sticking to their guns but <laughs> but are just slightly adjusting their guns <laughs> so one of those things where there's a bigger plan that they haven't revealed yet though like it feeds into some other part of this i don't or... think so because as i said it's sort of just a simplification 
of this one specific thing. And it doesn't even necessarily solve the problem of the multiple output oil refinery. It just sort of moves that further up the tech tree because you still get the multiple output recipe at a certain point. You just now have this much simpler one first. And it's like it's meant to smooth the difficulty curve, but I'm not sure it really does. It just like moves the difficulty spike to a different place. <laughs> Is there any... Are they are they worried about when they eventually actually launch, like that that that, that that's too obtuse a hurdle? Well, I mean, that they make that it's fine for you guys. Well, that's you're in it why so I long, say but... make tutorials. Yeah, their tutorial system is so good; it's like a well-designed system. It just doesn't have many tutorials in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> they have a tutorial system that's just not fleshed out enough. Yeah, which it's kind of makes sense if they if they were planning on doing like more changes to some of these mechanics like well, you don't no want point. to spend time making yeah. a tutorial for a thing you're going to change anyway it's not always putting the tutorial in now yeah. yeah but this late on this close to theoretically close to release as they keep saying you shouldn't be doing this much of a rebalance really surely mm. just so, polish finish up i mean it's been so long coming yeah at this point maybe they should really focus on just getting it out so yeah, that's what's been going on. Would anyone really be really unhappy at this point if they just said... If they one. just released what it yeah. is now, yeah. Factorio Forum's having their own Frednauts. Not nearly as big as EVE Online Forum Frednauts, though. <laughs> it's only like 30 posts, not like 500. <laughs> 30 posts is fine. The average legitimate issue on a support forum. Yeah, is. exactly. And then... I guess there has been like one new thing that I played. I guess I played the demo because it, oh my god, an actual demo exists! Wow, of a game called I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. Automachef. Oh right, yeah, I've seen that turn up. Oh, yeah, Automachef. I think you're right. Yeah, what it looks like. What's the deal with that? It's basically if you took Factoro and you took Overcooked and you mashed them into one thing. <laughs> uh, okay. So so wait, you're just cooking by belts rather yeah, than you're just moving the ingredients around with belts and arms to make the food <laughs> products and then assemble them in the right order and put them out to the restaurant depending on what orders are coming in. So you have to uh, keep so adjusting the machine constantly, or how do you? No, you, it's more like design the machine to account for the different eventualities of different orders. Oh okay. right, I see. So you're effectively having to like, if this order comes in, do these pay, certain pay machine programming yeah. this way. Okay. Yeah. I was kind of hoping there'd be a bit more of a chaos element to it. But... Well, I, the thing is, the demo doesn't go very far into it, but it does sound there sound like there are some elements of like weird, like problems that you can get. I mean, stuff can set on fire, but then you kind of have to build fire arms to put out the fire. So it's like you're still <laughs> preemptively doing this thing, it seems right. like. It's not like a reaction thing. And like the, so you kind of have to identify where there may be a problem, and that problem may just sometimes occur. Yeah, maybe. Huh. It's not really... You don't get to any of that in the demo. So maybe there's know. risky foods yeah. or something. Yeah. It, it does briefly mention, like, if a, if a piece of food stays stationary for too long, it, it can start attracting, like, insects. <laughs> so it's like you are, you are having to worry... But then that's just, like... That's just the automation aspect of like you want everything to be continuously moving because that's the most efficient way of right. doing it. Yeah, don't let it sit. Don't have a queue. Yeah. So yeah, that game seems, you know, from the demo, seems that's, like sounds like an interesting version of one of those. Yeah, exactly. And it's not overly expensive. It's only like ten quid. I think oh. it's on a ten percent sale as well nice. at the moment for release. All right. And it's also on Switch if you want that. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yep. Nice. 
So I don't know. Maybe I'll get into that. Maybe I'll get more, get get it for real, not just play the demo. Don't know. Oh, that's weird. And and that maybe it. I again, as always, I feel like there's something I've forgotten that just got overwritten at, at a certain point. <laughs> well, step in if you remember. I played some Smash Brothers. Oh right, just casually. Yeah, just for a just for a minute. Well, as I was thinking about the Switch, I was like, <laughs> I need to, get, need to play some Smash Brothers. In fact, I even played almost legit Smash Brothers. I was like, let's do a free stock one on one against level seven CPUs. <laughs> so it's real easy. I, I played a couple of. Uh, <laughs> so this could be a good transition point. I played a couple of stock matches against one of my Cambridge crew, mm. and because uh, he was like, "No, you have to play. St- it's free stock. You it's have the to way do you play." And I'm like, "No, mate. Like, put it in maximum random time battle. Like, I don't care about like. You see, yeah, but you can cheese it and run away, and it's like, yeah, but then you're an asshole. Yeah, like, just sucks. don't just don't play that way. Then you um, play Sonic, and you're a bad person. Well, that's actually what happened. I ended up, I ended up picking random characters. Yeah. I and I got a match where I was Sonic versus Peach and like, oh yeah, Sonic is random, randomly kick ass, right? Like I just, just completely annihilated him as well, Sonic. And, and then he completely took me down as Marth. So, you know, that's well, yes. fair. Traditional. <laughs> yeah. But Sonic is the classic, like, the classic old school in, in brawl of the Sonic is the character you play if you want to time out your opponent. <laughs> Oh yeah, because you, you can just run, run away. away forever. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he has um. I think he has a lot of moves that just sort of generally seem to take priority as well. Like the the homing attack, especially against Peach. There were plenty of moments where the homing attack looked like you know you, two attacks would collide, and what and what felt like should have been a clash would just be oh yeah, Sonic hit. Yeah, I don't and know what like, the. I don't think the homing attack has any kind of armor. I don't think. I don't it think does. so. No, but it was just like I don't know, like homing attack versus Peach's hot char. It seemed to be like the most obvious one, hmm. and it's like Sonic would always win that. And hmm. it's like, how does that work? Yeah. Anyway, that was a fun one. Uh, it was. It was. It was weird playing it in that style, like because I generally don't. No. Um. Uh. But it was. Yeah, it was entertaining. At least we did that very briefly. Oh, and I too also spent quite a lot of time on the Switch that weekend. I think the one thing about free stock one-on-one Smash that we don't get in multiplayer is the the what is really the crux of Smash. You could argue is like edge guards right. actually having one person be in a disadvantaged position, and, and you have to with it. Yeah, yeah, you have to plan ahead and position yourself and do a move at the right time. <laughs> yeah, because I think I'm bad at that. Because, yeah, uh, you know, if you're doing that in the way we traditionally play Smash, someone else will come coming get, up behind you. Yeah, someone else will come get you and stop you from doing that. Yeah, so I have, I have no idea how to do most of those strategies. No. Like, even after playing however much of the solo I've player, played, yeah. it's like, it's, I don't really do that. No. Just never quite mastered the Meteor Smash. No. It was annoying to do that one achievement where it's like kill three enemies in with meteor smashing one of the multi man melee things. Oh god, right. I had to cheese that quite a lot. Yeah. But you know, it's cheesable because it's AI. Yeah. Especially in the early phases of that, I guess. Uh yeah, so I shall transition onto my switch. Yes. Yeah. What else did you play on the switch? Yeah. Uh so we, we played quite a lot of couch multiplayer games that weekend. As you would imagine. Uh including Ultimate Chicken Horse. Yep. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, it's, it turns out it is quite a good one. Yeah, I, I hadn't hadn't played it before, but it's a it, it's 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 got it's got something like so. Imagine taking 
Meat Boy, I suppose, with the way it kind of feels. And... Yeah, wall jumps and basic platforming. Yeah, uh, mechanics. It's not quite as tight as Meat Boy or no. Celeste or anything like that, but it, that's what it's kind of what it's going for. Um, uh, you put it in a like the so we were playing the party mode, which I think is the go-to mode for this thing. Yeah, uh, and uh, so it starts off as you have a, a start point and an end point, and basically nothing in between, depending on the level you're playing. And it's about at the start of every round, every player gets to gets a, an item that they have to put down somewhere in the play field to either make it easier get to get to the finish, or just make it so you can get to the finish, or to impede all the players. So the idea is to try and like you're constantly walking this delicate balance between making it difficult enough that you think you can do it, whilst making it not impossible. Yeah, <laughs> and it's. It actually works incredibly well. It's the main. I think like the main trick that makes it a hundred percent work is that if if no one reaches the end, you don't get any. Oh points. yeah, no one. Yeah, it just, <laughs> it just doesn't score. Or likewise, if it's too easy. Yeah, and if everyone makes it the end, you don't get any it points. Doesn't, either. Doesn't, no, yeah, no one gets. No one gets a reward. Um, so it's great. So you're the game is basically encouraging you to walk the balance, and it's it works pretty good and then like some of the combinations of stuff you can put together are quite great because it has this these 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 blocks that have glue or honey patches on them and once you've got a honey patch on a thing you can attach something else to it yeah so you can start creating moving monstrosities like i don't know a, a rotating paper airplane launcher or like basically anything with that fires projectiles on a rotation yep. is basically evil. But like, so my arch nemesis was this tiny little gun thing that fires like fiery pellets that are gravity affected. Cause I just, cause I just wouldn't see them coming. Yeah. Like, like so I'd just be in the middle of it. Like I'd be waiting for my precise moment to strike and this bullet would just hit I mean, me. It, and I'm it, like, no, the bullets. It, it is like the one projectile in that game that has an arc. Like yeah. Gravity. Yeah, because you got the like the ice hockey pucks as well that just like fire super fast, but in a big horizontal line. Yeah. Um, again, except for when you put them on a rotator, and then they can go bloody anywhere, <laughs> or make them go just slightly past the black hole. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The black holes are great. <laughs> I love the black hole because like everything is affected by it. So like you could have like a crossbow that's just firing casual slow arrows across the stage, but then they get like warped around by the black hole, and yeah, madness ensues. Like we had one level where the only way to complete it was basically to ride round a black hole. <laughs> Use the gravity well and sling yourself. <laughs> yeah, it was. Like, I don't think anyone quite made that tactic work, but it was like, but it was it was pretty funny to try. Um, uh, the, only, the only sort of shame sometimes is it would be quite nice to not have the round limit, but I suppose the levels can get quite cluttered otherwise. And yeah, I guess they do. They do add like one like a few items for actually just delete straight up deleting items. Yeah. Um, if you've made it an impossible situation, yeah, someone can 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 at least choose to clean it up. Or if you've made it too easy, get yeah. rid of the get rid of that cheapo jetpack or whatever. And it's got one of those. It's basically got an infinite stage number because of the uh, online stuff. You can go and like just grab stages that other players have made mm. and like mix it up quite a lot. Most of them are bad. Yeah, has naturally. to be said. Most of them are bad, but we found a couple that were quite entertaining. Like one that was, I think it was called Patatis. And it was basically just this, just this giant pink blob thing that was going, bah! but I would say if you're making that, like a lot of people like making levels with the teleporter object in it mm. and making it so like it's the mandatory way to finish the level is to use this teleporter. The problem is, is like teleporters put on a level in that way could just be deleted. Right. So, so someone could just go and delete the teleporter and it's like, that's it. No one's finishing this level ever. Unless you get another teleporter in the drop. And then you rebuild it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you have to get two of them. Oh, yeah, because they're paired. Yeah. <laughs> so 
so yeah that was that, i think that's kind of a flaw i think like the stages if you put something down they kind of have to not be destroyable mm. um and the, there is a dedicated dance button yep which uh, i was playing as the chicken it made a lot of noise <laughs> there's a there's a setting you can have dance invincibility oh really yeah while you're dancing you just become invulnerable <laughs> well okay that's pretty that's pretty interesting yeah that could that could change the dynamic quite a bit because there's a mode we didn't try where, where players bump into each other. Yep, as well. That, that sounds just how is that going to work? Or work exactly the same way as Mario. Right, Mario yeah. works in multiplayer. Oh, Stand man. on top of each other's heads, except a lot faster. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty good, and we'd only really scratch the surface because we like, we didn't really unlock a lot of the stages because at least in party mode, the unlock process is quite random hmm. you have to go to a stage that has a question one of the stages you've unlocked will have a question mark on it in the select screen right and if you go to that one there'll be a question mark block which if someone touches will open a random extra oh hmm. but that random extra might just be a skin oh, okay <laughs> like it might not be a level um the first couple we got were levels but like after that things were like oh the sheep can become a ram if it wants to <laughs> and you know things like that um uh, but there's probably a, a more mainstream way of unlocking stuff through the like challenge mode or whatever. Yeah, maybe. There's, but in in party mode, it's a bit randomised. Um, it was good fun. It was good. Ultimate Chicken Horse. I recommend if you can get a crew together to play it. Yeah, you definitely need maximum people, ideally. Yeah, for, for, it, for, it, it was it was it was really good with four players. Uh, the other thing we sort of spent a bit of time with was this was this game called nine parchments parchments nine parchments i I mean it's a it's a fairly average gauntlet clone i guess (laughs) but john likes his gauntlet games so you know and everyone can understand how they work yeah i guess not complicated no um you know sort of like isometric view Everyone kind of worked together to get rid of the monsters. Friendly fires on, so some fun stuff can happen. Uh, like level your characters, like persistent characters and stuff like that. So level up, get stronger, try again, that kind of thing. Um, and it's pretty run of the mill. Other than like it had this one feature that we thought was pretty funny because you can change the mood of your character, but like and and the, it will change the tone of like the the hot chat you can do like so you'll be like you'll press down on the d-pad and then a load of options comes up and press again then you get another load of options a bit like the rocket league kind of thing um uh, and there's voice lines associated with all that stuff so there's like at least four layers of voice lines for every characters for everything they could say (laughs) um so the best thing was is like okay changing the moods normally doesn't have a sound associated with it unless you do it through the pause menu in which case the moods have a little bit of intro sound as well intro speech and one of the characters for some reason if you picked bitter had a couple of gems like one of them we would just go chip on shoulder it, it, i don't know we found that pretty funny just like chip on shoulder uh, or the other one you'd go gloomy mood which <laughs> is so dumb we we're just playing with that for a while just making him go chip on shoulder it's dumb it's okay it's a perfectly average game mm. Uh, what else do I do on the Switch? Uh, Splatfest. Oh, yeah. Final Fest happened. And in unfortunate fashion, not that interesting. They didn't, do, they didn't blow it out, exactly. I mean, 
Yeah, they did and they didn't. Like, I, 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 I kind of wish they made it run for longer than they, they added. Well, that extra, too. I mean, yeah. I guess it technically did run for longer yeah, by had, like twenty-four hours. They added an extra day to Splatoon 2's final Splatfest. Um, uh, yeah, and, and it was chaos versus order. And like, usually the like, well, if the last game was anything to go by, the last Splatfest will have minor story implications on the next Splatoon game. Hmm. Um. So, does this mean that Splatoon 3 is in the works? Apparently not. I hear that a, a developer confirmed that they're not working on it. Right. I mean, even if, Although, they, even if they of were... Of course they be, would say that. Even if they were, it would be a couple of years away, right? <laughs> sure. Um, same with Splatoon 1. It was a little while before 2 was... A, uh, announced well, although that may partially have been tied to the hardware situation. Uh, probably they yeah. knew the NX at the time was coming. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think it's a bit of a shame. Like, I'm not quite sure. Like, I think the Switch has got quite a lot of life left in it, and so unless they're planning a Splatoon three, Splatoon's still a popular game, unless Switch Online killed it off. Mm. You know, I don't really know. Like, what's the play? Player base seemed fine while you're playing it. Sure. Um, but like maybe it fell off of uh, a cliff when Switch Online was introduced, and they, they've decided it's not worth running anymore. So oh, let's just go for Final Fest. I mean, we kind of they they said a long time ago that they weren't doing any super new updates. To <laughs> they it. said for a long time that everything was the last update, and yeah. then it wasn't. And then they kept going. They kept adding new variants and new combinations and new skins and equipment. And um, yeah, they kept going for a quite a long while more than they said they would. Uh, so I, I think it's a bit of a bummer because surely you could just keep running Splatfests, right? Or maybe even just take the voting aspect out of like the importance of like chicken versus egg or whatever, like take that stuff out and just have a couple teams. Who cares? Well, I mean, it doesn't seem um, like there's anything that, there that could just be fully automated. It's not mm. like you have to moderate it or no, actually, you, could, you know, review the votes or anything. Just plan all this in advance and hit go. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean that. I mean, it wouldn't even matter too much, like if because every every one of the Splatfests has had a unique shifty station stage. Yeah, and and this one they didn't make a new one; they just let them put all, all of them in rotation. Yeah, um, which was nice actually because it meant that the the map selection was way bigger. Than <laughs> yes, it was nice because it meant you didn't even just have three maps; you had lots more than you three. You had loads. Yeah, and so that that was really nice actually. A kind of an argument against their map system a little <laughs> yep. bit. Um, Oh well, well, their maps just. Uh, the more I thought about their maps, the more it kind of makes sense because you know you have to pick your loadout ahead of time. You don't know what of the laps you, maps you're going to get. Yes, but that was it's... that's a problem fixing a problem that they should have fixed a different way yes. by allowing you to change loadouts in the lobby. You should have had like 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 the Call of Duty solution, right? Which is to have loadout slots. Yeah, pre-build like, you, your loadouts. You, you set up four different loadouts or whatever, and goes right. We're about to load into this map. Pick your loadout. Go. Yeah. Um, just be quick about it. Uh, yeah, so it was. I don't know. I, I, you know, it was nice being back to it. it made me buy a Switch Online account because I was like, "Oh hell, this is the last one of these." Last chance to experience the shifty stations. I got to do this. Uh, which means I also have dabbled with Tetris Ninety Nine. Hmm. So see see what that's about. Because you've already played quite a lot of Tetris recently, which yeah. probably helped. <laughs> yeah, my my, te- my Tetris game is all right at the moment, um, or at least it would be until I, like okay. The Pro Controller D-pad, yeah, I think it's kind of crap as it turns out. Mm. Like, so but it is at least a D-pad. It is. It, it feels nice, but it's the sensitivity of it seems way off. Right to the point where Tetris Ninety Nine has an option in it to try and deal with it. Mm. 
So, okay, I'll explain the problem. Like uh, it, Tetris ninety nine is like, but for all accounts, like it, the way it plays modern modern Tetris style, um, it's not quite the same as how Tetris Effect works. So I've noticed a couple of like it seems quite eager to snap a block into place if it hits something else mm. compared to Tetris Effect, which is taking me a while to get used to. Um, especially when you're in trouble, it tends to just like ding like way faster than Tetris Effect does and it's like oh oh right I can't deal with this at high speeds as well as I can in Canon Effect that as a result of that but the biggest problem it, for me is that okay so you're hard dropping most of the time right you line up your line up your piece <laughs> and you press up to hard drop you're racing against all the other players yeah exactly. so quick or or more to the point you're trying to build up a uh, a stack so if someone attacks you you can defend yourself as i do hmm. like it's that's that's more my style it's like if a load of blocks is coming my way i need a way to at least get a tetris out of the way to try and reduce the effect of it yeah um and then maybe just counterattack with everything i've got <laughs> if i'm lucky just like all right i've got i've got i've, I've managed to counter your attack now i'm going to fire everything else i have at you ha <laughs> ko time uh, but yeah, so what actually happens is mo- uh, I've had this happen too many times for it to just be bat thumbing it. I, it. It doesn't feel quite right because I'll, I'll line it up, I'll press hard drop, and then at some point, either during the hard drop or just before it, the process of me pressing up shifts it one block to the left or right, hmm. and I'm like, oh, that's that's really irritating. I'm trying to drop this, and it's shifting the precise moment I try and drop it. So I'm tempted to actually switch to Joy-Cons because those separate buttons might actually be better. <laughs> Maybe. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, uh, the game, I think, is all right. I think it's like it it suffers a little bit from you can get properly ganged up on. Oh, sure. If multiple, if multiple players target you all at once, you're kind of boned. There's not a huge amount you can do about it. Um, you're just going to get one enormous t- attack that you can't. As long as you're clearing lines, you can de- e- you can either delay the attacks coming or um, or, or eventually start actually re- reducing the effect of the attack. And it it tends to stagger it a little bit. So you don't just get all the lines at once. Mm. It's like you'll get a batch of them, and then it will give you some uh, some time to try and deal with the next wave of it. Um, but like in fairness, if you're if you're getting an attack where it's coming in multiple waves, you're in a bit of trouble. Uh, the chances of you nullifying all of that are pretty slim, uh, and so it, it suffers a little bit from that. And be- it's it, I don't know. I'm not really watching what's going on on the other panels, so like uh, targeting is a bit of a pain. Like it auto targets based on a certain set of rules you can pick. Yeah, so you can be like, oh, target people who are nearly dead. To get the KOs, which you supposedly need because it increases your attack power if you get more KOs in these badges. Um, or you can attack those that are attacking you, or you can... Uh, what's, what are the other ones? Just random. I think there's just a random one. Uh, I can't remember what the fourth option is. But yeah, so, so you're, you're effectively... I think if you've got the touch screen, if you're playing handheld, you can poke one of the panels specifically. Yeah, it's like like meteos. You never ever used it, but you could technically choose which target you yeah, exactly. wanted to choose. You could you could target a specific player, which I guess would be super helpful in this if you were really gunning for KOs. But yeah. but you have to be watching all those other damn panels to like get a feel for that. Mm. And there's a lot of panels, yeah. and they're tiny, and they don't get big. Oh, I, I think I'd quite like them to get bigger as the as people oh, get yeah. knocked out. 
Like, just show who's left, please. I don't I don't need to know who's out. And that would be kind of cool, because then you could get down to, like, the one-on-one screen where it's just, like, yeah, two yeah. halves of a screen. Yeah, it could go to classic mode. And that, that would be pretty cool. Um, I mean, it's it, the, it's got a pretty decent version of the main Tetris theme as its music. As you, um, I don't know how to... There are, like, the game does support multiple themes and multiple things, and supposedly there was a Splatoon 2 theme floating about at one point, but yeah. maybe I missed that. Well, I think that was during the Splat Battle yeah. slightly before. I don't know. I don't know. So, but, so that would have been cool to have, I don't, I don't, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know about any of that stuff. I've, I've leveled up a few times and I've not got anything for it. So. <laughs> it's kind of okay, but I just need to get over that control problem. Hmm. Uh, and it really... It really does feel like a problem. It's like it's thrown me enough times where I base. I did at one point just say "f this game" because <laughs> it's like I'm enjoying it, but then like I get boned too much by that little quirk. Have you tried it with the Joy Cons? I haven't yet. No. So like, I, I will give it another stab. Um, I have to find where my grip is. Yeah, no, <laughs> I haven't used yeah. it in ages. Or just play it portable. I've got an excuse to, like, m- Monday I've got an awkward scenario with my car being MOT'd, so I might have a lot of time on my hands to play portable games in a place that's not here. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll play Luigi's Mansion, or get further with, like, Super Mario 3D Land on my 3DS. I hope it's sunny, but not too hot. They announced the release date of Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh, did they? News? <laughs> it's Halloween. Oh, of course. Of course it is. Of course. <laughs> well done, Nintendo. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's probably what the extent of what I've been doing on my Switch. I haven't really investigated anything else with my online account. Well, you've only just had it. Yeah. I suppose at some point we, I should go digging through the uh, custom stages for Smash. <laughs> Possibly. S- see what fun stuff is there. See what add to, add to our list of possibilities. Mm. <laughs> Any more double entire holes? Uh, and aside from that, and obviously Rocket League that we talked about earlier... Still chugging away at Kiwami. I'm beginning to think that game is way bigger than I think it is. Oh, Even really? Still. Yeah, I don't think I'm as far... Well, I got a, a, a trophy popped up just yesterday that said half the battle. And that means I've got my completion rating to 50%. Yeah. So that's like uh, full completion, not that like is, That story. is the full completion, yeah. yeah. So, so I don't, I don't know how, okay. how far through the story I am. That's all right, particularly. then. Particularly. You're probably... That, that, yeah, that means I'm 50% on total completeness. You're not aiming for that, though, are you? Not really. I know. I don't. No. I mean, it depends what some of these chivos are, but a lot of them are locked, so you can't really see what they are. Yeah. Um. Uh. I think there's a there's a there's a few targets I want to go for, but I'm kind of just enjoying the randomness of that world. Really. Yeah. It's just, it's just exactly. mad. I've had a couple more Majima everywhere scenarios that were <laughs> that were pretty entertaining. I love that. That's probably the best thing about the game, actually, the Majima everywhere thing. I talked about it last week, but just where he turns up. It's like, it's, it is literally everywhere. Every, everything you can do in that game, I think there's a way of getting Majima in it at some point. <laughs> and it's great. I love it. It's just a question of when. Mm. <laughs> it's like, well, if I go do this thing now, will he be there? I've got him into slot car racing. That's, that's the last thing I've... <laughs> At some point, I've got to beat him at a battle in slot car racing, and I can't at the moment. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's it's I'm I'm still loving it. I think it's really good. It's it's got to the point where I'm still not doing a huge amount of story though, um, unfortunately, like because there's just so many side quests to do. It, it threw threw a really interesting main storyline at me actually that I 
every now and then this game does something really clever i think with its like how it structures itself like i talked before about the the, the dragon of dojima thing where like i think it's cool that after 10 years in prison your main fight style has got rubbish and so it becomes mechanically important to make it better over the course of the game and it's like yeah that's neat neat trick um but there's this other thing they did where it was like, I need to lay low for a while. And then the game doesn't give you an objective. Right. Uh, and it's like, and it's not, and I thought it's like, all oh, right, I, I literally have to just dick around for a while and then something will happen. No, no. The, the, uh, the world, something happens in the world at some point and people are just talking about it. Like you'll overhear conversations. And then it's like, if you go investigate that thing, then the story progresses. And it's just like, it's, it's a little thing, admittedly, and it's like I probably could have gone to that place and done that thing immediately. Mm. But I just really liked the subtlety of it. It's like the, for, the, for something where the game has basically been like, like in your face, giant text telling you what to do next. This was kind of nice to be <laughs> like, oh hey, the, the, something's happened. Like just go, just go have a look. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm constantly impressed by this game. It's, it's that does sound cool. Like, like a nice. You know, relatively subtle thing, but yeah. it turns out to be important. I mean, I mean, I wish, I wish some of the sub story stuff. I mean, it's all well written, but I wish more of it didn't just come back to have a conversation, then a fight, and then everyone's very sorry for what they did. I wish that pattern broke a little more. Some right. of them are some, some of some of those scenarios are pretty funny, admittedly. Like there's uh, there's one where you, the same gang tries to scam you the same way five times, and each time you're like getting increasingly annoyed at them for being like, seriously? How have you not learned your lesson yet? And things like that. And it gets progressively worse and, and ends quite well. Uh, so it's, it's uh, you know, I think that the, whoever, whoever Sega have doing their localizations, they, they're pretty great. <laughs> it might yeah, be that the. Must um, be important. Oh, who is it? Is it the. the Nine four eight, guys? Four. eight four yeah I think I think they work on it quite a bit. Um, what other games the do they do? Don't know that they you know they're the friends of Giant Bomb that are occasionally on their podcast. Every oh, now I see. Yeah. They're, they're they're fairly prolific. Yeah, and I think they do translations the other way as well into Japanese. Oh, do they? Interesting. I think they may have been involved in Undertale when that got translated. Okay, cool. But yeah, no, it's it's um, solid work here for sure. Um, to the point where I'm, I'm given how quickly they seem to have been bashing these out, I'm now intrigued to know what's different between this and the <laughs> yeah, other. Worried that it might not be that different. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know for a fact that they reuse Camarocho like mm. every game. Pretty much every game is set in in the same district. Yeah, the, like so, the map doesn't really change. Um, and I thought at first that the sort of small area in which it is set was going to be a problem, but it kind of isn't, actually. You get to know it pretty well. You get to know it's like, oh, I'm a bit low on health. The um, the barbecue place is over there. Hmm. And I know for a fact one of their meals is just going to give, well, pretty much a lot of their meals is going to give me max health. So it's like, oh, I'll hobble over that way, sort myself out. Oh, I know the drugstore's down here and I'm a little low on mid-fight medicine, so I'll go get some over here. It's like... There's a nice familiarity mm. to learning the environment, so you're not using the map so much. Um, yeah, they, they make it. Uh, it's just, I'm just. It's kind of one of those things. Like, it, like it, it sort of oozes a little bit of like this. Should, this this looks like it should be a budget title at some times. Like, it's not the most 
the sharpest looking thing, and there's a lot of text heavy stuff in places like not everything's voice acted. They make it work. Somehow they make it work. It's kind of baffling. It's a great game. <laughs> I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> if you're gonna play Yakuza, is this a good place to start? I yeah, to me. I mean I think there's 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 that so I've heard there's a lot of like references to the rest of the series in it, but like obviously I'm not picking those up, but it's not bothering me. No. I'm not. Um supposedly the new one they put out not not it's not a yakuza game but it's in the same universe but judgment is supposed to be a very good jumping on point oh really but, oh. um they seem to make a lot of this stuff they do yeah like kiwami 2 i think came out earlier this year as well as as well as judgment i think they're teasing that yakuza 7 is in in the works i guess they don't have to worry um, about like western sales because they make well yeah because it's, it's always been crazy sales. popular there's a certain saganess to this as well. That I, that <laughs> apart from the explicit saganess. Apart from the explicit saganess, there's there's that sort of indescribable Sega feel about this game that I I think has is is helping me a lot because it's that there's a, there's a I, I don't really know how to describe it. There's just a feel to how Sega do things that has been I feel like has been missing for quite a while, and yet this still has it. Mm. Maybe it's a certain clunkiness, I don't know, or a certain look, or a certain behind the timesness. I don't, I don't. Those all sound like negatives, but there is a, there is a, just a certain Sega way that this has. Mm. Like it feels like old Sega, not publisher Sega. Yeah, Sonic Adventure Sega. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really, really enjoying my time of it. You'll probably hear from me hear from me a good few more times on this one. Excellent. Still uh, acutely aware in the back of my mind that we're not playing much 2019 stuff, but that's why. Why are you always worried about? I know I shouldn't be really. It's not what our podcast is about. But it's... no, and we'll you know as I think I probably said several times last year, we're not even at the part of the year where the games come out yet. <laughs> we're not at the point out. where we spend the money on games. I've basically spent no money on games this year. I've done pretty well. Hmm. Has it felt like a... How's the year feeling now we're halfway through? I don't know. Oh, and like in terms of like 2019 as a year for games, I don't think I'm that impressed yet. No, not, not, not yet. Compared really. to last year. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all about that back half, isn't it? Yep. Occasionally you get some mega thing come out in like February because it slipped or something, but not this year. Right. I'm trying to think what it's and that's a... next year when Animal Crossing comes out in oh, March. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think what it's actually about this year. Even even still, like, is it about the D's, like the Death Stranding versus the game I've now immediately forgotten just as it was in my head? Something else being with D, Doom Eternal. There we go. Okay, right. Yeah, maybe. We are yet to find out. Those seem like the standouts. I mean, that mm-hmm. Wolfenstein game came out. And that had a little bit of hype. Yeah, a little bit. Sekiro, I suppose. Was that this year? I suppose it was, yeah. Not, not in our wheelhouse, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was early. But Control's out very soon. And that seems to have quite a high amount of hype about it for a remedy game. Hmm. 
that ray tracing. <laughs> cool. Nintendo. I think we're we're we're. Nintendo's we're not got no. much else on. I think really, Pokemon, yeah. Pokemon, and Luigi, and that's it. Yeah. Right? Well, I guess they've done Mario Maker. That's, that's well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still. I might dabble with that. I mean, I might, I might see if I can find the problem. The problem I think I'll have with that is I just won't engage with the maker stuff as much as I think that game. Dev- oh, Dreams! Dreams is supposedly still coming out this year. Does that even count as a game? Again, as we keep saying, game of games. Yeah. Supposedly, someone remade a Final Fantasy VII sequence in Dreams, but made it actually really very good. Because they could have quite a lot more polygons in Dreams than Final Fantasy VII had at the time. <laughs> I didn't even really understand Little Big Planet and how that worked. And Dreams just seems another level of like how yeah, bonkers, complicated. Well, complicated, but not at the same time. If you don't want it to be complicated, it cannot be complicated. But if you want to do stuff, the tools are all there somewhere. It seems insane, and I'd like, uh, and we've already seen a ridiculous variety of stuff on that platform. Mm. Now's the time to buy in, though, while it's still cheap in, a, in its early access form. Yeah, yes. I guess that's true. If you're going to be into it, why not be into it now? Mm. If you if you don't care about the uh, campaign that Media Molecule are crafting, anyway. Mm. If you want bomb run levels. <laughs> you want all sharks, <laughs> all, all the, the sides. Yep. Cool. Well, I've not played anything, but hopefully I'll be better, get get better soon, and I can start playing games again. Give me, give me some time. Get game. Yeah. Get game. Need to get back to being able to enjoy things like games. Games will cure all ills. <laughs> Eventually, RSI. Apart from RSI, no, they will probably make RSI oh, a lot yeah. worse. Yeah, that's not. I do have that, so that's not good. Need to think of a one hand. Oh, what well, you could play one finger death punch with your left hand. Nah, nah, it's well, okay. That'd be bad. <laughs> I think I'm okay with a controller relatively. So, could try playing Mario Tennis on the N64 one-handed, like, and with maybe using your feet or your mouth. God, and and so you can then eventually learn how to play doubles by yourself. It's fine. But Mario Tennis, yeah. yeah. Might as well play Wii Sports Tennis, then you only have to be able to hold a controller. Oh, you have to push any buttons, technically. Wii Sports might be <laughs> wafted around. Yeah, that's true. You could get really into drop mix. <laughs> Just play with cards, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Card games, can't go. <laughs> Board games, <laughs> no problems with RSI. No, pretty much no. Unless, unless there's a lot of dice roll. <laughs> yeah. But then you make a... <laughs> Then you make an auto roll tower. Oh, true. Yeah, you get like one of those little bobbles from like pop, frustration or whatever. Pop, where you yeah. just pop it. <laughs> those are good. <laughs> do, do they make those with D twenties in? Yeah, would actually play that game. I mean, yeah. it's the thing. Frustration right, was just famous just for that dice popper, right? Like the, it was used in other games as well. Was it? Yeah, I don't remember ever playing like actually playing the game, <laughs> just popping the dice. I mean, a couple of those games, like. I mean, same vein as like Ludo or whatever. They're such basic games. You play them one time and that's it. Yeah, and then you're like, all right, well, I've not, I know what that is now. <laughs> we were we were going 
before we played far too much Ultimate Chicken Horse, we were going to play a board game called Wingspan, which is supposedly about attracting birds to your well well curated garden. It's like it's for you about to say attracting birds to your other bird. Like you attract know. attract birds to my bird, bird mating simulator. And I'm going to have a bird harem in the sky. Die brothel. I just need to find a bird big enough for everyone to sit on. <laughs> <laughs> In flight. Wow. I think this podcast may have gone far enough then. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. We're actually on time this week, not early. Time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh. Not too bad. Um, on time and we're feeling fine. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, listeners. Um, do check out our YouTube channel, including a brand new video as of this recording of uh, Kerbal Space Programme. I feel like there was more positivity this week. Yeah. For the 50th anniversary of the Apollo landing, check out Robert Zek trying to do the same thing. Available on YouTube now. Yeah, available on YouTube now. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks for another sidecast, and hopefully there'll be more news next time. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) We shall see. Oh, I'll tell you what, though. One one more thing. Just one more thing. Preview of what will be on the next podcast, because I almost forgot. Actually, not included. Finally, has an actual launch date. What? They've just barely made their. We're releasing in July by releasing on July the thirtieth. <laughs> so I guess I'll be playing that a lot. So that's my preview for the next podcast. Yeah, I may also attempt to make a video of it. Cool. So tune in for video and audio content <laughs> on Oxygen Not Included uh, next time from the Salacast. There will be things. Indeed. Bye. Bye. Yeah.